This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode number 43. This one is entitled All Things Equipment and today we have got Mike Dave back on the podcast. The thing about today's pod is it's going to be our first open forum. So for those that have been wanting a bit more information or just a bit more of a longer discussion about things, as I've mentioned prior, we've we've had these interviews where hopefully we've brought people onto the podcast that you've been able to get to know about and then like Mike and we can now just have an open conversation about certain topic-based sub, uh, like subjects. So that is the plan today and I just want to welcome through Mike. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks, Sam. Thanks for having me back on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, not no problem at all. Um, you know, it seems to be like an ongoing thing that, you know, I feel like I say it every single time. And it's just there's not normally it doesn't feel there's enough time to get all the information across. So, like we spoke so much about kit and equipment, and you know, everyone that follows you will know that not only are you really knowledgeable about it, but you, you share the, the like the inner passion for actually using bits of kit and actually like getting familiarized with it all. And I think that's something we can bring across, you know. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So this is just an open forum chat then for anyone that's listening now. It is going to be everything to do with equipment from prices to different models to um, wherever the conversation takes us. Hopefully we'll just cover a whole array, like a whole range of subjects within it. And yeah, the first thing that I really want to speak about really is probably the big one that's been getting talked about for so long now, what is battery versus fuel. Um my first sort of thing on this, Mike, is what do you think? Like, where does where does it fit in commercially, domestically? Like, you know, how does it sit with you? Well, it's been sitting really well with us, to be totally honest with you. Um, I think there's still a few people who are, you know, I don't know if the word scared, but just sort of reluctant to sort of give it a try. Um, mm-hmm. The price in think could be a little bit better and i think that's what puts a lot of people off is obviously investing if they've got all this petrol equipment in the back of their van you know forking out you know two grand on 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 just a startup kit especially when you've got to take batteries in, into consideration is, is quite a lot of money um, yeah and i think that's what puts puts people off um from going over it and i think with that comes the sort of stubbornness of of the comments like, oh it's not ready yet anyway yeah you no know, um it's it's not powerful enough but i think if it was given to them um and they used it for x amount of time i think they changed their minds i mean Honest- we were reluctant to invest in the first place but we we were just looking for 
not a change. I mean, we, we didn't really do it for emissions or low noise. That comes with it. That's the plus sides. We just did it to sort of change up the business. And, you know, sometimes when, when you're at work, if, if you hit like a, a, not a dead zone, but if you hit like a, 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 a time of your, of your work when you just want change, I think going batteries are really good, obviously expensive, but a really cool investment. And it just makes you a bit more excited to go to work. You know, if you've got all these tools that are, are new and going from petrol to batteries, it's just like using a completely different bit, bit of kit. So commercially, I think they're, they're, they're definitely there. There's, there's a few tools that I think could be improved. Um, like run times and, and power, but you know, as as you know, Sam, we've we've been we've been making the, the domestic tools that these companies rate their tools as as commercial tools. So yeah, they're they're, they're well up there. They're, no, they're well up there, mate. I I agree with you, mate. On a, like a few points that you said there. Like the first one is the fact that you said like the, how people just say they're not there yet, and. You know, I've got I've got a brilliant example of that, and I've just pulled it up on my Instagram as you're as you're talking there. I put up a, a picture of it was just the blo- if anyone's seen it's like the blossom tree, and it's got the lawn in the background with a couple of battery power tools on it. Anyway, yeah. some some blur commented on it saying, uh, "I'm not going to out them, but uh, you can find <laughs> you can find them and give them give them some <laughs> give them some friendly abuse if, if you want to have a look through." It. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said the petroleum tools, so he might even be American, the petroleum tools always are going to have a better performance. And my, my response to him was, I disagree, totally depend on use. An edge arrow strimmer on a lawn that is on a regular schedule, battery outperforms in regards to usage, weight, handling. Performance is no different. And now where I do agree is on a four-foot-high overgrown paddock area, 100% of the petrol uh, commercial-grade commercial machines are going to outperform. Like, I, I think when people say fuel fuel is always going to outperform. I think that's such a broad statement because on what area, you know what I mean? Like, like I said in that comment there, you know, what you're using it on, because you can't tell me if you're streaming an area that is three inches high, nine inches high, that a battery, you're going to notice the difference between a battery model and, you know, a petrol two-stroke model. You just you just not unless it's a really bad battery mm. model and you're using like a a Bosch plug-in strimmer or something. Yeah. yeah, like you know, like the three foot ones that break your back. Yeah. Um, unless you're using something like that, then fair one. But if you're using any proper bits of kit, then I just don't see how how people can can make that you know statement. So like like yeah, I say, yeah. no one that uses battery equipment and loves like loves using battery equipment is saying that battery outperforms petrol like. Every every time of the way, no one's saying that. But I think the main thing here is what we are saying is that it's lighter. There's no fumes getting blown in your face when you're halfway mm-hmm. up a hedge. Mm-hmm. There's you know, there's not the the um, what's it called the fatigue that comes with it after hours of use. Yeah. Like all these things are like what is performance? And and to me, it's that all round. I think people forget that. I think people just mm. think about power. Yeah. They don't, they don't take when when people talk about performance like you just said i think you've got to take a, a whole load of variables into consideration like weight um you, you know aesthetics i think a lot of the battery equipment now is because it hasn't got an engine strapped on the back of it it's just got a, a, a 500 gram motor they can be a lot more aesthetic aesthetically pleasing yeah and um, to hold um 
no noise, no fumes. So I think all this kind of stuff, obviously you've got to take, you've got to take the power into consideration, but if you go with some of the, well, there's probably about four or five front runner brands, then I, I can't see how or what it is you're doing that will not think that you've make you not think that you've got the performance there. I mean, like, you know, this, we've, we've been through loads of different brands and most of them are up to, up to the task you know, like the front runners. Um, and there we, we, we've, we hardly ever use our, our petrol tools now anymore, you know, cause we've got the performance there from the battery stuff. And I just can't see how people can say I can, um, in certain, in certain aspects, like the blowers and maybe, maybe the mowers, um, but they're all getting better. Yeah. You know, so I think, I, it, I, that's think it. I think a lot of it is stubbornness and, if, if you're looking at it, if you if you're sort of looking at a, a, a setup battery wise, and you sort of add up all the prices, and you just think, no, nah, I can't afford this, or no, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not willing to invest in this if it's if it's if I haven't tried it, or if I'm not going to be 100 percent that it's got the performance of the petrol, then I think it's just that general, you go you you sort of refrain back to the sort of stubbornness of oh it's not ready yet anyway, yeah you know, so. I don't know. You've got to be in a really good position, obviously, to be able to to buy the the stuff in the first place. Yeah. But um, you know, I think I think it's it's the way the world's going, isn't it? I mean. Yeah, and I, I think as well, you you can slow build to it, and you know, I, I like to use myself as an example of it because often when people talk about like you know, you say like the, the new beginners, and they say how much do I need to start up, or like what's a good, you know, bit of money to have like to your side and don't get me wrong like to get everything at once there there obviously is quite a a big bit of money behind it but you know like i say i start with two three hundred quid what allowed me to get a couple of domestic range battery items you know that became affordable and um and from there it was just the profit they were then giving me not paying these extra you know on fuel all the time or whatever it might have been allowed me to then just branch and branch and branch. And I've had quite a few people yeah. come to me now and say, you've got quite a lot of kid. How long have you been doing this for? You know, and they're quite surprised when I say it's only like yeah. the third season. Um, and don't get me wrong, as people know, like, you know, the the money I generate does go back into the company. So, you know, that's maybe one argument, but it's it's not impossible for anyone that wants to make this. You don't need to change all your fuel items Everything. at once. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. pick an item you think looks all right. The hedge trim, I would probably say, is a, a fantastic start because that's definitely up to task. Um, yeah. Like, I don't think anyone can argue with that, especially for your annual trimming work. So buy one, you know, buy one battery and, and yeah. one hedge trimmer. And, if that, and see how it goes. Yeah, it, you know, if you've got a full day job on and the battery runs out after you know, five, six hours, whatever whatever kind of battery you're using, then switch to your fuel one. You know, it doesn't need to get you through the whole day, but at least you're getting to try it. And um, I think, like you were saying there, because it's not like demoing like people want to use it, they're not readily available. My one big thing on this to, you know, if any company ever is listening to this podcast now, a fantastic marketing strategy would be to put together three different batteries, you know, pretty high your high-end batteries, you know, seven and a half, ten amps, whatever it might be. Put three batteries together: a strimmer, uh, maybe a blower, a mower if it's if it's up to scratch, and a hedge trimmer. You know, just them, um, whatever. What's that? Six, seven items all together, yeah. and 
sign them out to people, you know, get them a sign a waiver, send it to them for two weeks. Because I guarantee anyone that's got no excuse of using it, they're using free equipment, after using something for two weeks and then they need to go back to fuel, they'll probably go, oh, now I realize the difference, you know? Yeah, um, I totally agree. You know, it, it, but it is hard. There's no, there's no demo kit. Unless you know someone close by, what a lot of people do online, you can't walk into an industrial supplies and just borrow a hedge trimmer for a day and, and see, how, see how, you, how you enjoy it. Um, that, that's my biggest thing is there needs to be that step to give people the insight, you know? I think so. I mean, your prime example, really, I mean, you've, you don't have much. Well, I know obviously with the press day that we had recently, you don't really have much experience with battery mowers. Yeah, not at all, yeah. You know, if, if a company would send you out a mower and say, look, here's a battery, here's a mower, here's a charger, um, put it up against your your current petrol, um, your best petrol performance mower, um, and tell us what you think. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that, that can sort of branch out and YouTube videos, you, people will see this and might think twice about it because you know just watching reviews on 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 instagram or youtube from strangers you you sometimes don't really get a an honest feedback i don't know if you feel that way as well but you don't sort of you don't really get an honest of actual most of the stuff that that, that, that most of the people who review these tools are sort of homeowners yeah and they don't tend to send their machinery out to professionals yeah um, who are going to put the, 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 the tools through their paces. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're worried about the fact that their tools aren't going to last or I don't know, but I think the, the best thing that companies can do is literally, I, you just send you out a, a mower um, have a look through your, your list of machinery, see what you haven't got, um, which will be a mower, send you out a mower and say, here's a battery, here's a charger, here's a mower and put it up against your petrol stuff and show the world. Yeah. You know? And I, I think that's what, you know, what it comes down to there, like you're saying is, you know, the, if you've got enough confidence in your in your in your products, then then what what is stopping yeah. you? Because even like um, I know we were kind of talk, talking about the social people here, but even on like demos demo basis, like you know they could reach out and say, "Do you want to use it?" You know, you need to send it back, unfortunately, but you know, use it for three months. Let us know what you think, and and things like that really really do matter because no matter what, you're not getting to keep it. So why anyone would ever lie about it. But that's the whole thing about building a brand with things, I think, is people need to almost realize there is some people on there, like you say, you can't get a full gist of it. But the more it happens, the more you're going to end up, like, you know, the average Joe or just the startup or whatever there might be, someone that's been in it 20 years, will start trusting certain people the more they hear their feedback. You know, like, if you want to use a more and be like, this is fantastic, blah, blah, blah then they take that mower out when it's absolutely pouring down and then they cut and they say, oh, it's been blocked five times or whatnot. I would have expected that it would have been a little bit better, blah, blah, blah. That's putting it to the to the actual test. That's the stuff where yeah. the professionals out there need to still be able to cut when it's pouring down, you know? Because what's yeah. worse than being lied to at that point is you being lured in, getting a used sure. products, and then, you know, you've spent... 600 to 1500 quid on a mower and then you found oh it's not actually up to the job of what i needed for so yeah it just needs the honest feedback but going back to what we were saying there you know it depends on performance it depends on everything about it like you say it's not all just about power because 
if you've got if John down the road has thirty different clients and they're all on a weekly cut and a, a weekly maintenance, they're never going to have to go through six foot, you know, worth of grass exactly to to bring it down. You know, they're they're using it for a whole range of different reasons than what Paul up the road who does only one day clear ups is going to be facing. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the comments of what we spoke about earlier on, it doesn't stand. There's so many different people doing the same job, but in a different way. And, um, yeah. you know, battery, you know, it, it's got its place 100%. And like, like you were saying there, and like we kind of spoke about offline, things can only get better. They're not going to stop lowering the power on them and making them harder to use or, adding three kilograms to the machines because half the reason people are going to them is because it's easier in the body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's one of them. I think you need to really look at them. But so what, what do you reckon in that, that battery brands are missing without like naming any specifically, like you said, there's like five that's up there. Do you reckon yeah. there's anything that battery brands can actually be changed on mowers, trimmers, things like that? Well, what, as in who I think is the pioneers of, of certain things or I yeah, yeah. So, all the companies could. So, I, so sorry. So like the companies are already up there, you know what I mean? So if we're saying within the bubble of Ego, Husqvarna still, um, I don't know if I've missed any of the top ones there. I think, I think Makita is yeah. a place in there. So you, I'd say. Yeah. So Makita, I know Echo, I mean, even, um, Milwaukee, they, they, I mean, it's not massively used oh, yeah. here, but they're, seeing, they're doing a, a lot more stuff over this way now as well. Um, yeah. I don't know so much about the streamers and stuff, but I've seen that they bring out a new mower that, um, <clears throat> that Robbie from Premier Loans was testing the other day. Like, yeah. you know, but just within general, like them companies as a whole, or not even so much the companies, but the, the, the battery performance as a whole. Like, do you think they're, they're missing anything? Do you think there's any weak points that they all could like sort of work on? Um, I think, I think a lot of the 18, I'm back to Makita and Milwaukee. I think, I think that 18 volts, I know Makita have just bought out a 40 volt range. Yeah. But I think Milwaukee and most of Makita stuff is 18 volts. Right. And the trouble with that is, um, they need two 18. If, if there's like a 36 volt machine, they need to be powered by two, 18 volt batteries um, which means that you need double the amount of batteries just to power one tool yeah just that to get a gun sense. yeah 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 just to get it going um so for instance if you've got a uh makita mower uh that runs at 36 volt um and you've got two 10 amp 18 volt batteries it should really equate to 20 amp you're having to use two 10 amp batteries. And it's getting quite technical now. You're having to use two 10 amp batteries just to power that machine. Yeah. So you're already a battery down, um, which which will give you even less runtime than, say, a Ego mower. And this is where I think Ego are sort of pushing pushing ahead a little bit. Most most brands make their tools, um, well, they, they call them 40 volt, but they're actually, I think they run at about 36. All right. Um, most, most brands run at the 36 volt range, whereas Ego run at 56. Um, and you can really notice that in the power and the runtime. Um, 
I mean, to get the runtime, all you do is you times the, the voltage of the machine by the amp hour of the battery. So say if you've got a, uh, a 56 volt Ego machine and you've got a 10 amp battery, 10 times 56, that gives you 560 watt hours of use. Right. Um, whereas if you've got a Husqvarna mower uh, and it runs at 36 volt and you've got a 10 amp, that will only give you 360 watt hours. So you're already 200 watt hours down yeah. using a machine with less voltage. So I never knew it ran like that. What's that, Sam? I, I never knew it ran like that. I thought it would have been, yeah. you know, 36 volt, I would have thought would have been using less. So therefore it would have, you know, maybe lasted longer, but you know, it's interesting. You bring yeah, that no, up. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I think a lot of people when they're getting batteries, most of the time they just look at the amp hours and obviously the, the higher the amp hour, the more, runtime you're going to get but when you when you just take it a step back and actually look at what voltage the platform of tools runs on um for instance egos 56 i think hater are using 60 volts now for their new battery mowers and tools um it plays a big part in how long that machine's going to run for and how powerful it is yeah yeah we've got the the husqvarna strimmer for instance which is 36 volt and the Ego Strimmer, which is 56 volt, using the same, for instance, five amp hour battery, the, the Ego is more powerful and it lasts longer. Yeah. So I think people forget about the, the voltage of a machine and they just sort of pluck out the, oh, what amp hour battery should I get? How long is this going to last for? Yeah. Whereas if, if, you, if you're thinking about investing in, in, a, in a platform of battery brands, then take a step back and look at the voltage. Think about what voltage the machine is um, and if it's going to be powerful enough for the task that you're, the application that you're using it for. Going back to what we said earlier, if if if, you, if you're a guy that has all gardens under control, then 36 volt will probably be okay power-wise, but will it be good enough to to see you through the day? Yeah, to get the whole job done. You know, so to get the whole job done. Um, otherwise, you've got to start having a battery and a half as opposed to maybe just one battery. It's 56 volt so, so it's how, getting pretty technical but no it's good i think it's what we need because i mean i never realized that i i'm with i can openly say i'm within that bracket of actually i was gonna say a bracket of just not known but i'm just i'm probably actually within the bracket of you know i've been fixated on one brand for so long and this is one thing i think you've done really well mike is you've went out there and you've tried so many different you know power, uh, battery power tools that you've been able to see them differences and actually learn the differences between them all. And it just shows the the problem, I suppose, getting zorbed into just one brand and, and shutting you, yourself off to the rest of them. But I just don't think that's helped by, by the companies, you know, that w- when you're doing such a initial spend on still Husqvarna, Ego, whoever it might be, it, it does completely cut off, unless you do it at the start and you've got two grand and you invest two grand, you know, down the middle into two different brands at the same time, then you are always going to prefer the one brand that you've already spent 3000 pounds on. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. It, but I suppose that's, it's at the, the hindrance of the buyer and probably the problem of, um, or, or the execution of the manufacturer. So it's, mm. it, it, it's surprising to see, uh, and so what do you think it should go to then? Where where do you think the limit is on, and I, I mean, you might, you might not know this because 
of sort of there might be hidden hidden technical problems within the this whole sort of range of chat here, but where where do you think the, the voltage could go up to? You know, on a machine. I'm, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure there's a company. I don't know if it's uh Toro or I I'm not sure. I think one of them goes up to eighty. Right. 80 volts, which is which is pretty manic. You know, that's pretty that's pretty powerful. Um, that's insane that, isn't it? Yeah, bearing in mind when you when you run a plug out of a main just 240 um 80 volts pretty just for a battery on board machine you know it's pretty um it's pretty powerful you're getting there aren't you but i mean you're getting there yeah 100 and i think i don't know if 56 volt to me i think all 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 battery platforms should run around about 56 well actually a quick google there has brought up uh greenworks commercial they run on 82 volt mars there we go. So, I mean, it's probably, they say 82 volt, it's probably around 78 if they're saying that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Husqvarna stuff is 40 volt, but it runs at 36. Ego mm-hmm. says 56, but it runs at about 53, I think it is. Okay. So, obviously, with a transfer of energy, you always lose a couple of volts. But, you know, 80 volt still is massive, mate. Pretty yeah. insane that you're looking Absolutely. at enough to sort of put in a bigger machinery there, aren't you? Y- y- exactly. And that's the beauty of it, you know. And I, th- I think this is why, going back to ego, I think this is why their their mowers are doing so well. Yeah. Because I think the mowers and their blowers, but obviously we touch base on the mowers first. I think they do. They need they need more power than most of the other stuff. Yeah. You know, if any gardener will know that the bread and butter of their work is cutting grass, so yeah. they're going to want a powerful mower. I mean, it's uh, important. Let's face it. One time. Yeah, like it's massively important. Yeah. I mean, and it is one of them things where you can't cop out on it. You you know, you need just the way it is, you know, if you're feeding lawns, and even if you're on a weekly, and I, I, I can't imagine there's many people in the UK out there that are cutting lawns more than once a week, you know, domestically, you know, mm-hmm. maybe on private gardens and stuff like that, maybe. But, you know, so, but we all know that as soon as you start putting fertilizer down and, you know, the weather's yeah. just right, you know, you, you can get two weeks worth of growth within a week. So, you know, you can't well, really sacrifice power. You can't, no. I mean, we, we was cutting a lawn today, funny enough, and we put a lawn feed down on it two, two, just over two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks, four days. And with the, you know, plus 10 degree weather we're having and the rain, I think we've got a full grass box out of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so what's it going to be like when it hits peak time, you know, and we're going to need that power and we're going to need that runtime, regardless of what, you know, if it's petrol or battery. Yeah. We need that runtime. We're gonna need that power. And going back to it, I think, I think, um, I think fifty-six volt is a, is a good starting point, or or a good a good you know a good voltage for most brands to be at. And this is why going back to the eighteen volt machines. If you've got an eighteen volt mower, um, well, I don't think you can get eighteen volt mower. But if you've got a a, a battery platform that only uses eighteen volt batteries like the Milwaukee and you make a 36 volt machine you've got to have double the amount of batteries just to get the thing moving yeah what's strange isn't it one thing I can't get my head around on that and again there's probably more of a there is probably a very technical explanation for it but is the fact that you need so like in the case that I know like when we're done at the Ego event um, Mm -hmm. the Z6 zero turn needs 15 just to get going but what I'm presuming yeah. is that 
15 amps isn't 0% on bat- on on battery left you know what i mean you you can run it dead i'm presuming you, you can run that dead yeah it just you needs, know it just needs 15 amp hours of power to be running through the machine yeah in order to make it turn on i suppose but yeah. you can drain that 15 amp hour out flat yeah so you know what i mean what if what's what's sense. yeah yeah definitely but it's just strange to realize how how that part actually works but um it is it's 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 amazing how it how it comes together and i think you know the good thing about it and more companies turning battery power and you know dare i say one day i mean here has already done it as as we know um mm-hmm. but dare i say we bang might follow one day and you know some yeah. of the other brands out there and this is one question i'd love to ask them is that is it is it in the pipeline and if not are you not worried at the fact that everyone else is pushing for this now you know, yeah. Um, because I think there's going to come a day and age where, especially the homeowner, doesn't want to play around with petrol. You know, they don't want to hold yeah. whatever it is in the sheds anymore. I mean, I already know a couple of guys online anyway that they don't like storing it because the kids. You know, it just happens to be where they have to store it. Um, you know, the kids can kind of, if they really tried, you know, unfortunate accident sort of scenario here is what happens if they did get one day and it spilt on them more, you know, whatever like that. So they may stay away from it completely. Um, yeah. So I, I think the hand's almost going to be forced at some point to, to kind of push that way. Um, do you honestly think battery's ready for commercial use across the board? Um, I do. I think it is. There's a couple of, of machines. Obviously, the mowers and the blowers are, I think, the most questionable um, parts of machinery that people are more obliged to say, oh, this isn't ready yet. Yeah. But um, I think, totally honest, last autumn, um, we've got we've got about 15, 16 Ego batteries now. But right. Still last <laughs> autumn. Still last autumn, we brought out the backpack petrol blower. Right. Because power to longevity, the, the battery blowers just aren't quite there yet. And mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of brand designers have, have actually told me personally, yeah, the, the the blowers actually use more energy than any other machine across the board. They've got to turn a big fan, they've got to produce a lot of power to get get the debris moving. So I I do think that blowers are the one sort of and again it, it depends what application you're using it for and the time of the year. Yeah. If it's autumn and you've got tons of leaves to clear. You're not going to want to keep changing batteries and oh, that one's done now. I'll just go back to the van and get this battery, whack that out. So you've gone through what six, seven hundred pound plus worth of batteries, where a backpack petrol blower probably could have done that in a three pound tank of fuel. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So I think that aspect is definitely, definitely um, falling behind with the battery stuff. But you know, for for the type of jobs that we do for nine nine months of the year then blows are fine for us yeah but you know councils who have got to use these stuff every day all day every day i mean you get one guy just i know what it's like where you are but you just get one guy just following the the ride on down the curbs yeah yeah blowing the, the the you know just blowing it all over the shop as they do but they're doing it all day mm-hmm. and i just don't know if if there's going to be in the, the up and coming few years to come, whether that battery stuff's going to be 
you know, is going to see you through all day and be as powerful as a petrol blower. Yeah, it makes... That's just the blowers. That's just the blowers. Yeah. So it almost comes to where, like, at s- somewhere along the line, you might need still a mix of, or we're just going to come so accustomed to it, you know, or we're going to come yeah. accustomed to the fact that you either need more batteries or you need to split these, you know, leaf cleanups in half so that you can go oh, charge yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like, is there going to be somewhere where tough luck you need to work your way around it? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it, or do you just use the blower's heart, like you said, use the blower's half as much, blow them onto the lawn and then use your battery mulch mower to mulch them up instead of taking them away and, and completely clearing the leaves, you know? Yeah. There's definitely ways to go around it. But um, I think I think I think blowers are the big question. But the only thing that's holding it back, I think, is technology. Yeah. Maybe just not pushed enough yet. It's just not pushed enough yet. I mean, if if a certain brand, obviously, all these brands are still only three or four years into their swing. Yeah. With battery stuff, you know. So it's very still. It's still very early days, and considering that we're only this far into it and of how good the machines are now, if you just add another couple of years on, I don't know, two, three years, um, obviously there was COVID. So things sort of died down in the, in the, in the R and D departments, I suppose, but add another couple of years onto this two or three years, I, I, I can see it getting better. It yeah. really has, you know, I think ego had a ego are now on their third generation of tools. And I actually use their, their first gen uh, hedge trimmer. Yeah, I think this was about three years ago, and it was pants. Oh. <laughs> it, was awful. it was terrible, and you know, and we we went back into it and tried it again a year ago, and it was brilliant. So if 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 one company can do that, then you know they've all got the sort of the willpower to do it, and it's only going to get better. So definitely, yeah, I think um, it can definitely be commercialized. Um, I think more. Obviously, going back to the press day that we had and found out how much of the council still use petrol stuff. Yeah, I think it can be. You know, they can they can definitely at least try it. I mean, we're seeing more and more people around our area now using the um, the still batteries. That must be a contract, you know. It must be. It must be. That's what we were saying. That's what we were saying. You know, no, again, still personally, but yeah, not not still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It's just. It's nice to see. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. You know, normally you drive down, all you hear is like <laughs> half an hour distantly goes off into the background. Yeah. Now you just get like a near enough silence. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's cool to see. So if if councils are doing it, and if there are councils that exist that are doing it, then it speaks for itself, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. Well, so, uh, uh, even um. Private companies as well. I'm speaking to a lad now. I won't mention his name just because you know he's got a name to the company that he works for. But it's a it's a company that works nationwide and um, or nationally. And he was even saying that their the company he works for has just ordered in like a stupid amount of like strimmers, blowers, and everything. I'm talking like twenty, thirty odd or whatever it was he actually ordered in. And um, they've ordered in all that, but at the same time because the manager actually cares. So they obviously got this on like a, they're all like semi used, whatever. So they would have got a good deal on them. And, yeah. uh, they actually came to a point where they, they done these sort of days, kind of what we've done on the press day where they were trying out battery items and they're trying to bring 
and again, I won't name the the company that they were using, but they were using this manufacturer that creates a lot of well-known battery items, and um, they're considering it. You know, things like the streamers and things like that. They can see that there's certain parts of the game they can bring in, and other parts that aren't quite there yet. But you know, bigger companies like them and like the consoles. You know, I mean, I remember two like two years ago after I bought some Husky equipment, I was talking to a guy that works for the local council up here. And um, he was saying much the same that uh, oh we've got all them but all this battery kit at work and it's useless and you know I just prefer the fuel so I I think whoever's at the top that's buying it in has got the right idea but it's probably back down to the user you know they're selecting their their mower of choice their head trimmer of choice over um, you know battery quite a lot of the times but I do think companies are trying to push for it. Yeah. Um, what's massively strange? So. I think so. I mean, that's why most companies make make battery uh, backpack batteries. Yeah. And I think that's that's for me is more aimed at councils. Or yeah. If you've got a, a big job to do, I think you've got a you've got a backpack battery, and probably the only time you put it on is when you've got a big field to stream or do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think. Most companies have made a backpack battery, and I think that is that is solely not solely, but I think that is definitely aimed at a longer use, which fits councils perfectly. Yeah, you know, if if, if one guy has just got a backpack battery on, you can just do whatever he wants all day. Yeah, the, the, the power from them is massive. I think what's, what's yours? Fifteen amp hours or twenty? Uh, no, it's like, hours. It's a like twenty-seven and a half, I think. On your back. Yes. Oh. Yeah, so I mean that's that's three times as bigger than any 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 standalone battery. So I think if councils can run on them, then we can. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So they definitely wouldn't need too much, I don't think. Um, you, you know, if and I know they are quite a bit behind them, but sorry about that, everyone. A bit of technical difficulties there, where the connections just cross paths. Basically, what we were saying on that matter there. Um, just to bring up to speed if you missed some of it, was the fact that we were saying like the battery equipment with the backpack batteries can basically like, you know, run these consoles and stuff all day. Um and that it is a real option. Isn't that kind of where we all go, Mike? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think I think definitely so. I think most most brands have incorporated a backpack battery in their itinerary to sort of account for that. Yeah. The big the big scale work and the councils. So Yeah, I mean it's definitely, definitely... Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is, I mean, the price is obviously up there. I mean, as we were just sp- speaking about there, I mean, the the Husky one that I've got, what is the 940X? So it's a model of two world. Um, that's about 27 and a half amp. So, you know, and that'll get me through like constant heavy growth trimming, you know, like knocking down paddocks. It will get me somewhere around the four or five hours mark, you know. Well, it doesn't sound a lot, but the energy it, it takes through the rougher stuff, you know, You've got to expect that. So, you know, if they did have, you know, for them on the back of the van or something like that, it's nothing for a council. Um, you know, it's going to see them through pretty well, I think. Yeah, I think a good um, a good idea that the lawn guy, Dave, you know, Dave Warren, the lawn guy, um, yeah. he had was he was going to put a, a tachometer onto his mowers um, just to see how how long they're actually on for and how, how long he needs them to to work for. 
um, and then he can sort of gauge what battery he would need to buy to sort of cover that runtime. That is a small idea, you know. That's a lot. That... So I think. No good. That's a really good, um, a good way of, of of working it. I mean, we've got all the they're called fleet sensors. I mean, we've got all the 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 Husqvarna fleet sensors. I think still have brought it out now as well, where basically you put put a little um, electronic machine, like a little dongle, like an air tag, okay. on your machines, um, and you can connect um, you can connect them all to your phone. So I've got like an app on my phone where it basically just tells me how long the machines have been run for, where they are, um, software updates. If, if a machine needs updating, um, you just, they just do it over the app on straight to the machine, um, which could improve performance or runtime. So it's very, very modern. Um, and it also gives you an idea of how long you're using that specific machine for. So, if you can do that with your petrol stuff to find out how long you need the machine to run for and then just buy the appropriate battery, um, I think that's pretty clever. Yeah, and I mean, they're pretty accurate as well, aren't they? Um, as far as they go, I mean, all the ones that I've used um, Husky-wise, the the actual time that they run for compared to what they say online really isn't far off. You know, if, if they are ever off, then oh, it's... Yeah. It's 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 a matter of minutes. a couple of minutes, yeah, like minutes yeah, few yeah, as well. As, yeah, uh, it's it's pretty, it's it's very very accurate. I think they've been tested for so long for you know they've done some ext- extensive testing. You know these machines don't just get released; they go through really vigorous testing before they're they're released to us. And I think they they one of the main concerns about battery equipment is runtime. So they've got to make sure that they're you know these machines are actually putting out what they say. It, it is the worst thing you can do is buy a, a battery that says you get an hour runtime and then you just whack it on and you only get 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, you're only getting a, a third of the battery basically. So I think they've got to be, they've got to be accurate and they are. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah they're definitely accurate. I, th- I think you're right. And uh, the one that surprised me a lot is actually the strimmers, um, especially on like maintenance side of life, because before you know it, you can get through like a pretty good chunk of your day on on a singular battery on some of the gardens. Obviously, it depends on what you're cutting down and whatever else. But um, you know they seem to do pretty well as to well as well. To be honest, I mean as long as it's not full blast, you know, constantly on. But if you're doing ten minutes at the start of each job, or you know, a lot of mine is like five minutes of strimming, just quickly doing the edges. Yeah. And to be fair, if I'm ever doing edging, it's normally I put it down to the lowest power anyway because I know that I don't. Yeah. I don't need it on full yeah. pelt. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a thing as well as being our, smart with it. Definitely, definitely. I mean, that was our first haul. The Husqvarna Strimmer was where we first started off. That was our first ever battery purchase. Was a five twenty. Well, it was a five five three six range back then. Yeah, yeah. They've moved. I think they've changed to five twenty now. Um, yeah, they have. Yeah. That was our first. That was our first tool we bought. Our first battery tool, and we just bought a, a Strimmer and a, a five point. Two, I think they call they are they the Husky batteries five point two five point four amp. Yeah, because they never used uh, to call it BLIs in the beginning, did they? No, I don't think they did actually. No, it was just um, it was literally the amp, and that was it. Yeah, it was just the amp power. Yeah, and that was that was where we started off, and we were so impressed with the strimmer that we went we went forward, and we're here now. So, <laughs> you know, it, if you, I think, I think if you invest in a if if you was 
looking to invest in in a battery platform and, and you haven't got any battery equipment yet I, I don't think the way to go about it is you know buying a blower no because i think you're gonna you, you, i think you're gonna need more than just one battery or even a, maybe even more than a mower. it all depends going back again of how much you use it and how much runtime you personally need from it but yeah i think if you if you invest in in one of the tools that use less battery um and then just down the line just add a couple more batteries to the fleet you know they're they're, they're basically like fuel tanks aren't they yeah that uh, I mean, one place I was definitely going to start with it as well is, and I mean, some people might have pretty big properties at home. Some people might not have anything at all, but that's one place I was going to start with a mower is because I, 100, 110% I want, whether it's a rotary or a cylinder mower that's going on my lawn, I want them to be battery. So yeah. even before like kind of, and Ego's the only one that honestly pops up in my head. Um, I can't imagine using the Husky or the Still. The Hater looks all right, not going to lie. Um, but you, it's not transferable to anything, uh, exactly. as far as I'm yeah. as far as I'm aware. Whereas at least ego, if I want to double more, then the, there's other bits of kit, kit I can buy. But, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so if not anything else, and what my plan's always been is to get them on my own lawn, where I don't want to be playing messing about with fuel all the time for like how small my garden is. Is to use it on my lawn if I'm happy, take it out on some jobs. And, you know, like kind of suss it from there. So it doesn't need to be a waste, you know, like what you're saying. If you do just want to buy one bit of kit, try and pick something, you know, you can use either at home or it might be at your parents or, you know what I mean? However it might work. There's loads of ways you can look at it. Um, to go on a bit of the fuel side here and give them a bit of, a bit of pop, um, mm-hmm. what is one bit of fuel equipment or several if there is that you don't think is replaceable? Like, do you think there's anything out there that is like, I can't imagine this changing, and it doesn't have to be Moastrema. It could be anything. Like, do you know what? Do you know what I think the most important thing is? I mean, it's it's all well and good having all these tools, but how are you going to get around with all this battery equipment in your van? You know, I think a van is a very uh, yeah fair one. You you can have you can have all these battery equipments in the back of your van and 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 have all the the best batteries in the market, but the amount of mileage that you do um, and, and the power, again, it goes back to the performance. Obviously you need a, you need a carriage that, that takes a lot of weight. If you've got all this stuff in the back of your van. And I think, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about getting a, an electric um, transit for the next van. Yeah. I got thrown out the window because I saw the, the mile um, range. I think it only does about hundred and something range, which is just no good. So yeah. I think, a lot of people advertise themselves now as 100% electric, but you know you're getting around job to job in a, in a diesel or a petrol van. So I don't think personally, and I, I think vans come into a, a business play massively. You know, if, if before you've even thought about buying your tools, you think about getting a van. Yeah. And you know, I don't. In time, maybe, but I don't think my van will ever be electric, which is how, a shame. How how much mileage do you do, dear? Do you reckon, on average? Well, it's not. It's 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 difficult to say because each each day is different. Um, and we've tried going back to our previous podcast, and we've tried cutting down the amount of travelling that we do. Yeah. Try to take on bigger bigger jobs where we don't have to sort of go A to B to C to D to E to F. We just sort of go to A to B, maybe to C. On yeah, yeah. So our mileage has gone down, but if we're carrying all these, sometimes we pick up ton sacks of of soil. Sometimes we've got big 
big equipment in the van if we've got a couple of mowers blowers free head trimmers strimmers you know it, it all starts to accumulate mm-hmm. and I, I don't i don't know if the battery stuff will carry me yeah you know on a on a battery stuff on a small scale is brilliant but when you start getting it to a bigger scale um you start to see a massive price increase for less performance yeah Does that makes sense yeah it, so, it it's strange that you bring up the the vehicle thing i actually had this chat yesterday with with a lad and um with a mate of mine and we were speaking it, it was on more the basis of cars and suvs but uh much to that effect his car that he's got it is a high end ice whatever it is and it's a hybrid now okay. i believe they state that it's when i get 70 mile per gallon and he thought brilliant you know i'm a, i'm more economical you know i don't need as much diesel it's going to be recharging on the go and he says he, he actually only gets about 42 from it and because of where i am you're not ever driving more than really two miles maybe four miles at a time before you hit like each town or city so with that it's almost that like you need the longer journeys to to be able to get the whole benefit of the hybrids because yeah. what i was going to say is a, a hybrid would fit in well but you're then not even getting the full the full effect of the recharge when the motor's only running for you know 15 it, minutes yeah you know whatever yeah, it might I mean, be that was, that was the um argument that we had about the van they we was we wasn't going to get straight electric van we was going to get i think it's called the ph ev which is right. a plug-in hybrid and it basically uh it has a one liter um eco boost diesel engine um but it also has a, a battery and you use the battery first. And then once you've used up all the battery, the one liter kicks in. Right. And you basically just run that um, and it, it charges the battery at the same time. Right. You only get 30 miles range with the battery. Wow. Um, before, before the motor has to kick in. So, and then like you say, if you're only going from job to job to job, once that range is done and bearing in mind, that's a, that's a 30 mile range with no load right okay so once you start adding all this equipment into the van that's going to drop by half like you just said there your friend you know it's just dropped by half just from going on short journeys yeah so if we're traveling 15 miles here and there which we definitely do a day 90 percent of the time we're going to be running on a one liter engine it hasn't got the same torque hasn't got the same performance you know so i just don't i just don't really think Maybe if it was a Tesla, we'd be all right. But then again, yeah. these, these battery, these battery vans or tools, um, not tools, these battery cars, they're not made to carry weight because the batteries are so heavy themselves. They have to account for their own weight. And by adding X amount of weight onto your van, I just don't think they're there yet. So yeah, I think that's one tool, you know, and probably our main tool that we all forget about, our van, that, that yeah. probably will never be replaced you kind of you kind of right in what you say and it would need to be probably some form of bigger company that's going to come in and maybe add something to the world of it but as you say there it's just not enough at the minute and even the worst part about it more than that is again the consumer of it the user the person paying for it is paying an extra five ten grand more for like you say less performance you know and it's just it bumps your price up i mean my van You know, anyone that hasn't seen my van, much like Mike's, is a relatively new Transit Custom. 
I mean, mine's a 71 player, I think it is. And when, you know, you're, you're paying £430 a month on a, on like a, on a lease, business lease for him. You know, that's enough as it is. You know, I'm already paying nearly half a grand every month just to be able to get to a job. Uh, never mind bumping that up to what, 480 probably on the rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just, they don't make it easy. That, that's the biggest problem. You know, help the world, make it greener, but you know it's at at all cost, financial cost, and it's it, it's hard because you know it comes out of only one person's pocket, and that's ours. We can't charge a customer an extra fifteen quid per visit each or whatever, <laughs> just because we're choosing to drive a different vehicle, you know. And yeah, yeah. So the the brunt is fully on us. What I think's I think's hard work, but the only other things I can think of past that is your things like chippers. Area as I think could probably change, you know. I think as we know, scarifiers might be coming into action a bit more. Yeah, um, I think so. I think so. I think the scarifiers uh, will be coming in, which is which is good for lawn care people. Yeah, they've already got going back to ego again. I don't want to keep you know highlighting one particular band, but they've got they've got a, a snowplow, which yeah. I've seen in the states and in Canada where it just basically just fires the snow out, and that basically will run on the same gearing system as a scarifier would yeah yeah so there's no reason why they can't bring one of those out and i've got my suspicions that they will do yeah um that, that will run the same sort of gearing as an aerator you're just pumping holes in if you just got like a, a a tine spinning around with you know punching holes down uh vertically that that can work um i mean we've got a battery scarifier we've got a husqvarna battery scarifier already um <laughs> yeah but it, it's just, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't talk about that. It's just, yeah, yeah it, um, it, it's not up there for you, is it? Yeah. Up there, no. I mean, but, the, but then again, it's 36 volt. So going back to the whole platform that you're on, you want to make sure that you're choosing the right voltage platform before you invest in these types of equipment, you know? 100%, because at the end of the day, if... It, it, it's a it's an investment and if it needs to suit you more than anything else more than it looking good on instagram or you know that you can highlight on your website that you're fully 100 percent eco it needs to be able to work for you and that's more or less the bottom line of all this isn't it as it's got to be able to work because i'm sure all of us at some point has gotten to a job and whether it's because of it being an old bit of kit or maybe the wrong bit of kit for the job it hits a point where you go ah, and your heart sinks and you you know that you can't fully finish the job on what you've got. And, yeah. you know, if that's a new bit of kit you're buying, then, you know, there's nothing quite worse than knowing that you're financial, uh, financially looked out with it as well, or copped out with it as well. Um, so, so it has to be. But that kind of brings us on to the prices of things. I mean, we've kind of touched on it there, but in my opinion, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles is is the price like can it ever be cheaper or is it just going to be one of these business things where you know how the whole world seems to go when as soon as there's a bit of demand for something like you know fuel like we're saying at the minute they're, they're gonna they're gonna jump on that and go right now now a new legislation's came in it's now yeah 2030 you have to use battery between these hours yeah or between these days of the week whatever it might be so instead of you know, lowering the price because we know we know so much more now. 
are they just going to go right now? Each battery is an extra fifty quid more because we know you have to buy them. Um, yeah, is I, is my big concern. I think I think what will help that is if more people, and it sounds it sounds weird, but if more people was to jump over that first hurdle and invest in battery equipment, and if 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 people more percentage of people can slowly work more towards battery if more people are on the, that, that platform that's the only way that the prices will ever go down that makes yeah sense. yeah 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 so i i think that's the only way that price is going to go down is if more people start to use them because at the moment i mean if you talk to it's getting better but i think if you talk to 100 percent of cut of gardeners only probably about 60 maybe 70 of them are, are still using petrol and there's only going to be a a 30 or 40 percent people who are using batteries so at the moment i think people especially gardeners they see using battery tools as a real privilege yeah rather than a, a way of work so there's definitely more people on the petrol side still but i think the only way that the the battery prices will go down is if more people push over to them yeah so iphones you know when they first came out it was a privilege to have an iphone mm-hmm. and they were thousands of pounds now the whole world is using iPhones or Samsungs and they've half the price. You know, they're being mass produced more because there's more demand for them. Um, but once you go over that sort of privilege demand, demand takes over and prices start to come down. So I think it, they will eventually drop, but more yeah. people have got to use them. I think that, I mean, I think iPhone specifically, where, where you see that a lot is when they make the, is it the S models? Basically, each iPhone normally makes like a, a large one, your highest end one, like the Pro, and then they've got like the, it's like the newest version, it's got the newest um, system on it, the newest like runtime, whatever it is, like the memory card, whatever, I'm not, yeah. you know, technically involved with this, but yeah. but yeah. it's, you know, it's cut back on the resolution or whatever it might be, so that it's still affordable, you know, there's one that's normally 400 quid cheaper. So unless it goes that way, you know, there's so many people in it that they can then branch off and make like something all singing, all dancing, but then they might have something that it might not look as good or is it, it might not be as trigger friendly, but it's still the same power and it's still usable by someone that doesn't have that extra 300 quid, you know, or however it might turn out. Um, it's got to be the way because my only concern is that it doesn't go that way. And, you know, they do just raise all the prices because there's no worse than, and we're seeing all the time without talking about it too much, but all the tax hikes and all that sort of stuff, it's all at our expense. And at some point, personally speaking, I think companies need to not give back to the user, but help them out a little bit. Like, I mean, it's not getting any easier, is it? Definitely not. No. Um, So coming away from sort of the, the battery and just fuel, what would you say for anyone that is starting getting equipment? Like what would you put down as if you could pick, I don't know, three tools to get you going? I suppose it really depends on what you're doing, but three tools that you've really enjoyed using, whether it might have been certain tillers, whether it's been wood chippers, whether it's been just like, you know, the bread and butter, grass cutters, you know, what would you say like there's three to five main tools that everyone should look into having? Or maybe a few main tools and one that you might not be thinking of that could make your life easier. Um, 
what for a a, a gardener who's been going for a while or who's just starting? Oh, that's two different things. Um, you know, let's it's go. Difficult. It's... Let's go for the starter. You know, they, they know about the starter, okay. they know how to use it all, but they're, they're fresh into the company. Yeah, I'm obviously streamers. Yeah, you can do a lot of you can do a lot of a streamer. I mean, even if you don't have a mower, you can technically stream down. Yeah, um, grass. It's not going to be as nice looking. You're not going to get a nice finish. Um, but you can, you can definitely use a streamer for a lot of a lot of a lot of purposes. I, I, I'd probably say multi tool actually. Yeah. Um, which is you know your combi that you've got. You can literally buy a even if even if not just battery, even if it's petrol. Yeah. Most, if not any, if not most of them, will have a some form of multi tool where you can just unplug the attachment, whack a head trimmer on it, put a trimmer on it. Um, chainsaw attachment now they've got uh scarify attachments power broom attachments yeah you know so i, th- I think multi-tool is is a really really good investment for someone who's starting up or for someone who's even been going for a long time and and i was having this conversation with someone the other day about space in their van and said he hasn't got a lot of space i think he's got a little um transit connect yeah we've been there before um, we've just about been able to fit a mower, a strimmer, a blower, and a hedge trimmer in there. But if you've got a, a multi-tool, all you need is the the engine and the attachments. So the rack up pretty well really... is the multi-tools, as in like as you say in storage on the van, like you know with the hooks that you can put up. If everyone anyone's seen like my um, van setup videos and stuff like that, is they don't take actually up that much space and they're, they're pretty easy to, you know, you don't need anything too heavy duty to be able to, to keep them up there. You know, you can use the smaller hooks and all that sort of stuff. Or even, um, what I've seen people use is, do you know what you normally see for like spades and stuff? Like the, mm. say the two poles coming out and it just, it self rests, you know, it's very much yeah. similar to that is most of the heads won't be able to fit through the small gap, but all the poles are the exact same size. So exactly. Yeah. That that is a very fair shout. That is, I think. Um, yeah, I think yeah, multi tools are really really good. I mean, we've got we've got a couple of multi tools, and we still use some of them now. You know, yeah, simply because we can just chuck them on the van. And I mean, we've got a couple of multi tools that come with a bag, so all the attachments just go into the bag. All you do is just like a suitcase, you chuck it onto the onto the van, and you know you've got every single tool there that you need for that for that day. Yeah. Well, um, what what but, what can uh, really change, Connor? It can it can save you. It might not be as powerful in some cases as like individual bits of kit. So, for example, as like you say, the power broom, um, mm. fantastic for astroturf, fantastic for cleaning up debris, um, yeah. all that sort of stuff. But is it going to be as good as like a, a walk behind sweeper? Probably not. Yeah, no, pro- probably not. No. But it's going to get you a lot further than if you literally sat with a normal broom scraping away yeah, or like a hoe. It's convenient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's convenience as well, isn't it? You know, uh, one, the probably worst, worst part about a multi-tool is the fact that you've got one engine and obviously if you've got like six different attachments. It's not aesthetically made for that specific tool. Yeah. So each, each attachment you have to hold a little bit differently in yeah. order to be able to use it. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's very, if you've got a standalone head trimmer, it's made perfectly for where your hand needs to sit. But if you've got a multi-tool and then you add a, a hedge trimmer attachment, it's a little bit... Like, yeah, little, little, either, little either taking off that D-handle on you or like just holding the pole. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit in between. Um, yeah. 
but for a for someone that's been going for a while, we've just bought a scarifier, a petrol scarifier. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a really good piece of equipment. Um, we paid or just just under five hundred pounds for it, um, and we've done two jobs. I made our money back from it already. They're, they're, they're fantastic, by the way. I mean, I, I mean, I don't I don't mind you saying at all that it's a Toro, isn't it? Do you know the actual model of it? It's a Toro, yeah. It's a Toro um, fifty four six ten. I think it's called. Uh, I don't know how you remember all these <laughs> these yeah, longer I think, ones. I think it's a fifty four six ten. Yeah, <laughs> but it's um really it's 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 nice. I, I probably would have. Uh, would have preferred a Kawasaki engine. Yeah. You've got, have you got a Kawasaki engine on your Waybang or is it a Lonson? Mm, now you ask me. I think it's Kawasaki. I think, it's a Kawa- I think you've got a Kawasaki FJ engine on that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're brilliant. They're bulletproof. They're really, really good. And I probably would have liked a Kawasaki engine on the Toro. Yeah. But um, it, it comes with a Briggs and Stratton. So it's pretty British and pretty pretty noisy, but it's uh, it's got quite a lot of power on it. And it's it's it's, it's nice to use. We've... We've often hired out scarifiers and paid sixty quid for the day. We've we've invested in a battery scarifier that lasted a day. Oh really? <laughs> um, but now we, <laughs> but now we've um, we've just bite the bullet and got a proper one and uh, done two jobs and it's paid for itself already. Yeah. And now we can enjoy using it, you know, rather than thinking, oh, God, this has just cost me five hundred quid. Everything uh, we now do is profit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just looking there, actually, the wee, the Weebang I do have is a Briggs and Stratton as well. Your Weebang is a Briggs and Stratton, is it? Yeah, yeah. So it's a WB three eight four RB. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I believe it is, oh. but what is strange because most of the Weebangs do carry the Kawasaki. So and these are the up yeah. to date ones. So even the bigger model, what is the WB four eight six CRB? What you know? That's just I, I'm reading this off Google, so. Don't think that I'm remembering all, but <laughs> I haven't got Mike's uh, Mike's memory. But um, yeah, that's Briggs and Stratton as well. But I've never had any drama with it. It, it seems to yeah. have been no. They're 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 good engines. They're good engines. They're um they used to be on all the haters, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Briggs and Stratton. They've they've a lot of people love them. Yeah. But I, I think uh, just going back to the the, the Toro and, and the Scarifier, it's just a you know we we use a count axe quite a lot of the time that's got a Kawasaki engine on it and it's just just a lovely a lovely engine and one I think once you get sort of affiliated with an engine um before we was going into um battery side of stuff you know we was having to come home and fix our petrol engines all the time yeah yeah always enjoyed um working on the Hondas the Honda engines we always liked Honda engines I've had Honda engines in bits all over the garden floor (laughs) <laughs> and you just look down, you think, right, that goes there, that goes there, that goes there. It's all pretty self-explanatory, but you've got a breeze in Stratton in front of you. It's a bit more, yeah, bit more demanding, yeah. you know, so it just sort of sticks with you. And just going back to that, the history that I've had with them, I would just prefer something else. But Yeah. But that's, but another, no, that's, another, that's another thing about uh, battery equipment. Sorry, it's in chops, Dan. That's another no, no. thing about battery equipment. We used to come, we used to be at work sometimes and on the first job, the mower wouldn't start or the hedge trimmer would just pack in and we mm-hmm. look at it and go, Oh, well, there's nothing we can do with it now. We've got to not do this, not use this machine for the rest of the day, go home, take it apart, start going through all the, all the problems, what it could be. Could it be the carb? Could it be the fuel filter? Could it be the fuel lines, air leaks? Mm-hmm. Uh, does the carburetor need readjusting? Is it running lean? 
you know, and now it's just a case of oh, the electric machines not working. Is there a, a cut in the wire or is the motor broke? Yeah. You know, so a lot less maintenance goes into electric machines. And I think we, we probably save now about four or five hours. It doesn't sound like a lot, but four or five hours minimum a month, not having to sit there after work and fix our, our machines. So, Definitely. I, I think that's I think that's one thing we haven't actually mentioned today, but we have mentioned prior and that's the maintenance. The maintenance is, you know, more or less if you've got a problem, it's not normally you can something you can fix, you know, if it's if it's something the bat with, with the battery range of stuff. Um I mean you might do if you if you know much about the motors inside or something, but it there's less to go wrong with it. Um and yeah. like like you say, when you when you put it up to that sort of level of you know, coming home and having to do extra that, you know, you're not getting paid for that. You know, that they're, they're unpaid hours, you know, and it's, yeah. you also can't really expect, you know, if you're running big teams and stuff for them to do it either. And if they do do it, then you're actually losing money because you're paying them to fix yeah. kit. That. To fix it. Yeah. yeah. But you no, know, Scarify is a good one as well. I mean, although I do lawn renovations and that's mainly where mine comes, I do more lawn renos than what I do just scarifications alone. Um, okay. and maybe it's just I don't have any clients that keep we'll their loans to such a service. yeah that keep it to such yeah. a level where they're where that's all it needs normally it's everything or or nothing you know um, but having something like a scarifier in the shed and I know I can just pull it out and I can put it to good use you know it is great because and I'm playing with that sort of same thought process at the moment with areas the fact of yeah. you know I would love to aerate every lawn every year, even the really bad ones, because I just know that it would help it so much. But, you know, the the price that comes with it is, is a lot. But the chances are you get something like a Caminelli at 25. You're not going to be changing that in a few years' time. As long as you're doing the same job, you're probably going to have that for between seven to 10 years or until it packs in. So, yeah. you know, the, there is certain, bit of kit, certain bits of kit out there that, will just last year. Um, one one bit of equipment for me would be the chipper. Um, obviously, depending, if you're just sort of a lawn tech and you're, you're only doing lawns, then you're, you're probably not going to have to pull a, a chipper out at any point. But especially for the gardeners out there that do general maintenance, I was never at a point where I thought I need an ar- arborist chipper, you know, six-inch chipper, for example. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm not taking anything that big down. But I was doing enough hedge reductions where you know normally ones with a bit smaller i say smaller waste you get a tiny bit off them that or just tidying up gardens and i always thought you know shoving all this into tum bags in the back of the van it's either multiple trips or just a hell of a lot of bags and yeah one of the best things i purchased last year would have been that forest master chipper that was you know it's the height of your knee or just over um really light it's something like off the top of my head, like 37 kilogram. Uh, and it eats through things really well under two inch. Now, two inch isn't that big, you know. It's um, it's quite a small diameter for, you know, when you're speaking about branches or actually trees. But in the grand scheme of things of like prunings and your apple trees, um, it's fantastic. The amount of waste you can get rid of very quickly in a, you know, a little garden sack or, uh, yeah. you know, like the rubber tubs that you use for whatever you use for waste, or even the brown bin, you know, you can fill a brown, it takes a lot to fill a brown bin with the chippings. 
because it just it's so small. Um, really helpful. And it's one of them that I think people might not always think of. They might just be used to chucking branches in the back and just kicking it off the other side. But it's also an extra thing you can cost in to your client. Do you want me to take yeah. this away for X amount or do you want to chip it yeah. down and just put it in your brown bin? You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to have to worry about it. So it, it can be an extra service as well. You know what I mean? And I, I definitely done that throughout winter to quite a few. Um, you can also use the chippings, obviously, to put down on the on the on the beds and stuff. Absolutely, you know, that's so a, yeah, absolutely. It works. It works. It's pretty yeah. pro pro machine, really, isn't it? Yeah, and then you know what? There's probably more gardens out there that people just want things looking neat more than the one it looking, you know, fine grade mulch or like, mm. you know, compost added each year or you know that sort of thing. Especially, yeah. especially with the gardens that I deal with anyway, unless you're, you're targeting your clients, that things like that is so much easier. A great example is um, there's Lee from LHL on on YouTube. And mm-hmm. anytime he does a cleanup, and I, d- I don't ever do it to the amount that he does, but all he does is he mulches everything and he kicks it into the borders, you know, blows it all in there. And although it doesn't look the best to begin with, like he says, you know, give it a good few months. It, it turns brown. You can, you, you know, you don't half notice that it's there. And all it's going to do is enrich the area that it's in anyway and keep down weeds. That's it. So, you know, if you don't want to take it off site, then it looks so much cleaner. And Scott does this from SE Landscape and chipping it down and just putting it back into the area that you've chipped it from. Then just having either massive bits hanging anywhere or, you know, big logs chucked over the farmer's fence or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So it does. It makes things so much easier. And, you know, for the price range of what that forest master was, I think you can get them around 380 quid at the minute. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a great bit of kit to have, you know, just stored away. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good price. We've we've got a, a client who we're in there every week and his, his garden's about just, I think it's sit, sitting at about three acre. Yeah. And uh, we was cutting loads of trees down and, and sacking them up and he was paying us our time to sack them up take them to the local dump where we have to pay again to get rid of them yeah yeah um then a, a couple times in the year we were we were actually specifically buying mulch or chip bark for certain beds that he's got um and i just sort of said to him look you know maybe buy a chipper and he he actually invested in a scarper c90 Oh, lovely! They've changed their name now, but it is it is a really really lovely piece of kit. It's it's it's, a, it's four and a half grand worth of kit, which is way too expensive for what I would personally pay for a a chipper the amount that I use it. But to have it on site in a garden like that, he's now saving he's now saving money on chip mulch because we can just put everything back in the beds from what we're taking out. Yeah, he's not paying us for our time to get rid of the waste. Um, it's boring for us to sort of cut up every little twig put it in a sack take it to the farm yeah to get rid of it you know when, when we could be getting on with other stuff but like you just said the forest master is definitely more in our price range and just after using this chipper we're really really interested in in investing in one and, and doing basically what you said rather than sacking it up putting it in the lockup and yeah taking it away out of work time we could just do it on that job you know and just sort of say look rather than paying us to get rid of it, we can just chip it back into your beds and it's going to be a positive, have a positive effect on the shrubs. Yeah. You know, so I think things like that is, uh, you might have your your process of working, but if you just change it a little bit and just maybe invest in a specific machine like a chipper, 
doesn't have to be a massive one. Um, you know, it, it can really help and benef- benefit your work. Yeah, that's so, for yeah, sure. That's good, uh, and, and you know, the, the whole, from what I've seen anyway, they hold the price pretty well. I mean, I mean, I know that this is going overboard a bit, but for like all kind of work, but Timberwolves, I know they're like a 14 grand bit of kit and stuff, but you look at them, some of them are like eight, nearly 10 years old, and they're still in the thousands, you know, you know, beaten, yeah, rusted, whatever. Age like a fine one, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They, they definitely hold their price. But as long as the engine's good and the, um, the internal parts, as in like, especially the blades inside, what are pretty easily replaceable, you know, yep. they're still eat through and, and then they're still held at a good price. So I do think that it's something that wouldn't be a waste. And even better, if your home, you know, wherever you live, has got a, any form of yard to it, whether it's a, a huge dr- or like a big driveway, or if you're lucky enough to live in the countryside and you've got like a barn area or just a rough area, then to be able to bag your own mulch and keep it and, you know, wait until it's actually brought it down to a point where you could sell it back to clients and stuff like that, back, yeah. then uh, it, it's kind of just, I mean, it's repurposing, isn't it? But it's just, it's another string to your bow, I think is the is yeah. the way to explain it. But um, definitely, you know, it's it's things like that though. And it's, it's all about how much you limit yourself, I think. And that's kind of what this whole thing's behind this whole podcast is talking about equipment and, I guarantee there's people listening that just haven't thought about these these certain particular areas or if they have thought about it, they've not known enough information about it. And by doing this kind of thing, you get to to learn more and just, you know, it just opens the world up a little bit more, doesn't it, to, to what we can kind of be doing, I think. But it's um, it, it's definitely something different. I'm trying to think of other bits of kit here. Uh, the The natural, I think, progression here is what's missing. You know, we've talked about everything that's great that's already there. And I don't know if I'd be able to tell you right on the spot now, but what do you reckon there's, if you could add something, whatever it is, do you reckon there's, if you thought about it now, if there's any jobs that you currently do where you think there's got to be an easier way to do this? You know what I mean? Is there anything like that where it's almost like inventing uh, your own item, I suppose? But Yeah, I, th- I, I think uh, I'd like to see, and obviously they, it does exist, a difficult question, but there's petrol variants of pressure washers yeah. you know, that have that are big, massive, massive machines. It would be lovely if, you know, these brands can come through with a battery one where we can just stick out the battery that we've already got into a pressure washer and still have the same, you know, PSI or whatever yeah. pressure you go along with. That would be really cool because we do a little bit of pressure washing on the side. Um, yeah. But we, can't, we can't charge a lot of money for it because we're only using cartridges. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, even the K7, I think they're top of the range one. We've got the K5, but even the K7s, they're still a, a homeowner machine. So yeah. we can't go into this customer and charge them X amount of money because they can just go and buy one themselves for that. Yeah. Whereas if they've got someone coming, it's very difficult, you know. If 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 they've got someone coming in with a huge petrol a Honda chugging away and they're seeing all this dirt come off and, it just makes that price that they're paying more viable. So if 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 battery stuff could could venture off into that kind of thing, I know they do. I think Husqvarna and still make a plug-in pressure washer like the Karcher. So that's that's what nice. I use. Yeah. So I've got the 350. What's not even the top? The the top one I think is a 450 that they have or 480. Right. Um, I think it's a three 350 or 380 that I've got and um. 
That was much, that's much the same as what you said. The only reason why I bought it is because I've got a couple of slabbed areas around my garden. So I was like, look, I need one anywhere. You know, I yeah, c- so I'll just grab one. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the reason why, and I spoke about this on a podcast ages and ages ago, and it was the fact that what tipped me over the edge to finally getting it was the fact that the third client, you know, that year came up to us and said, oh, can you do any pressure? Uh, can you do this job? And I thought, well, the better job for it would be a pressure pressure washing job and i actually sold them this pressure washer job before i even had it so so the job that i then sold to them um it more or less got me the money back for for the item you know it was about three quarters away there um yeah so i ended up with this pressure washer just from doing this job so it was kind of just paying for it with my time and yeah you know it's decent but it's much the same as what you're saying like i don't feel like i can charge full price so I don't have it on my website or anything like that, but I do. If someone was to ask me, can I? I would say, yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think the thing with pressure washers as well, sorry, is, um, you know, when you look at the the fuel variant, okay, the petrol ones, the heavy duty ones, they're a pretty good, you know, size, you know, whatever they actually are. Some of them I've seen nearly, you know, three quarters of a meter by three quarters of a meter, you know, in sort of in size. So there'd be no reason of limitation of battery because you know you could like the backpacks we're talking about like the husky one for or any of them really you could stick probably four of them in a row and have something over a hundred uh a hundred amps ready to go yeah and it just passed i suppose it's just a thing of how much energy does it take to to get to that pressure pulled yeah yeah so yeah. maybe that might be the fall short on it but i don't yeah, think they're I mean- too bad I don't think the energy consumption is that bad. I wouldn't have thought that it would be. Um, maybe getting it started, eh? But once it's actually running, maybe once it's going, yeah, it should just have like a, a cycle, you know, where it just stores water there, pressurized, ready to pump out the other end. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how it, how it works, but yeah, it's awkward. Probably the same situation that you're in as well with your specific uh, pressure washer. Is you have to you go to the customers, you 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 price the job up, then you sort of say, oh, by the way, I need to. Obviously, you use your, your water. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's all fine. Then you turn around to them and say, oh, sorry, I just need to put this wire through your window to use electricity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. Be, if I had a battery on board pressure washer where I could just say, look, mo- most most hoses are outside, but most plugs are inside. So I've got to go there to these people, charge them X amount of money, then use their water, then use their electricity. If I yeah. had a battery on board, pressure washer i'd probably be more inclined to sort of advertise it more yeah solitary service yeah i i think that that's a struggle with it i think on like just on that point you said there like that's one bit that i always feel a bit um uh, not shameful about about. yeah definitely yeah that's it it's like when i first started the amount of people that would bring me in for a grass cut and they'd say do you need an extension lead and i would be like no i've got you know, <laughs> oh, like, I'm not turning up with a boss, you know what I mean? Like, I, I do have a, <laughs> I've got a decent mower, so, you know, but it just makes you kind of feel, and don't get me wrong, if that's what you're doing at the minute and you, you're doing it to get by, then by all means, good on you. But, you yeah, know, you I'm do sure. just feel a bit like, if I'm doing this as a profession, then I should have some form of semi-professional bit of kit. Semi-professional um, kit, yeah. Yeah. The amount of money that we're charging, everyone's in different positions and different areas, so I know that always, you know, has an effect on the amount of money that you mm-hmm. charge, but us the amount of money that we're charging we need to you know we're in london we need to make sure that we're providing 
the best possible service that you can, with, isn't it? You know, with, yeah, which comes with obviously investing in the best kit. So, yeah, yeah, and it it's even one of them on water. Like I'm happily taking from their taps, but obviously those that do it all the time, you know, they've normally got a few wheelie bins in the back of the van, you know, ready to just bins. yeah, yeah, ready ready to go, you know, or like. You know, I've even seen some of the bigger commercial ones that where they can get the van around the whole drive. The the whole back of the van is, you know, IBC tanks and you know what I mean. It's all kitted out just for pressure washing, just so they don't need to ask the client for anything. Um, what's crazy to think of? But I suppose that's a not a whole different trade. It's still property maintenance, I suppose. But you know, it's a it's a slightly different branch off to well, a very big branch off to what we do. I think. Yeah. But um, they go and they go and buy the water from. There's like water tanks now, isn't it? Dotted around the country where you can just put your card in and it and it, and it pumps water into your tank. If you well, can. right, okay. Or even wheelie bins. It's how most window cleaners, I think, or car wash men get by. They right, okay. Around. Um, there's one just been installed around the corner from us. You basically go to it, put your credit card in and your debit card, pay. X amount of water in liters, and then it just literally comes out of the tank, and you put it in your yeah. tank, basically. So, I think that's yeah, that's probably branching off a little bit more, you know, than yeah. what we do. But I, I think it's the... nice to be able to like, oh, so add good. a string to your bow. Quite cool, yeah, saying. I might still with that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can only help corner. But the only other yeah. thing I can really think of, but it, it again, it's it's already taken as. And I don't think many of us actually use it apart from maybe some in the commercial world, but it's the robot mowers, you know, the ones that can go like, mm. you know, they do motorways and stuff where the inclines are, you know, 70% or stupidly like, you know, on the incline and they're like tracked. Yeah. I, I think that's another cool one, something that I'll probably, I don't think get the chance to ever use. But if I do, I think, that, you know, that could be a way in the future, you know, GPS where yourself, you're going to a property and it's instead of it being like a robot mower how it is now where it follows the inside of the cord. You tip up to a property, you sit in your van and that's you. You know what I mean? You drive it out the back and then, you know, using, I mean, you see it on the back of, on cars and vans now, they've got the satellite uh, reversing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much people have seen that before, but basically it just, there's a satellite that pings to your reversing cameras and it shows you a 360 view of exactly where your car is and where all the obstacles are. And it's, and it's like a live feed. Well, you know, it could be something similar with these like robot mowers. And don't get me wrong, I I want to be the person walk, walking behind or sitting on the mower for as many years as I can be, rather than being in the van. But you know, it's it's going to happen at some point where you don't you just don't need to. So I think that's probably going to be on the cusp in plenty of years to come. But something like that, you know, where it's just and I'm sure there's probably things like that at the minute, just not so much in the UK. We seem to be or even the AU, we seem to be slightly behind, would you say, on the whole equipment release? I think so. I it mean... To, uh, hit the States and then dribble its way over here, doesn't it? <laughs> the time. Then, then it goes over to sort of the uh, Australasian continents, like Australia and New Zealand. So it's like a process, isn't it? It's like yeah. A- it's almost like we're the mini guinea pigs, but they get a, they seem to get... And what, what gets me with kit and equipment is not everything makes it over. Like some really good bits of kit and and that doesn't it doesn't come this far over so i don't yeah. know exactly why that is either but it's um i think it's um i think we we forget sam that most of these going back to well 
that battery stuff in particular, their main target market is homeowners. Yeah. You know, only the, I'd say probably about 20% of, of the machines that they produce are actually aimed for commercial users. Yeah. So if they can, if they can sell more stuff to homeowners, um, they're going to probably focus more on them kind of machines. I think, you know, place like America where there's just more people in general, they've probably got more of a sales pitch out there, haven't they? Where they can just sort of sell more machines and just make more money as a business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than coming over or paying the import fees or whatever it might be to. Yeah. Rather than coming over here and and trying to, you know, stick with a, a small little market of professional gardeners yeah in the uk for example do you know what i mean so it's very um that's why i'm surprised that ego make a rear roller or have yeah. a, de- a designated rear roller because in the states it's not really it's not really you know you do see the odd person putting a stripe down but it's more of a, of a, of a british finish do you know what i mean having a stripe so yeah definitely it's, it's, it's nice it's nice for t- to be able to see that on the machine as well and then the, most machines just come the thing with it with them is you know that if they're using tall grass or whatever it might be, you know that their shortcut is like three inches. So yeah. when it's that length anyway, the more like does a natural stripe either way. I mean, yeah, I, I see it on some lawns myself anyway. When I'm cutting with a four wheeler, and then you turn around and you go, hold on, like that looks like I've just striped <laughs> it up. That I, you know that looks really good. And um, but I suppose that's why for them as well is diff- different grass seeds are using are producing different types of growth like in the set at a a more of a natural length let's call it um whereas we're quite short cut and and tidy and yeah you know yeah more fescue and ryegrass over here isn't it i think it's more buffalo and and like yeah over there yeah they've got a like kentucky bluegrass and all that sort of stuff so yeah so and uh, but yeah, so it sits higher, and then they get the natural stripe. So you're probably right; the, there's probably not as much need. But one one item, and I, and I mentioned this to you when I when I met you in person, was mm. uh, a battery stand on. And I remember I mentioned it, and not really getting. I was like really excited about the idea. <laughs> <laughs> and you and some of the Eagle, team from Ego were a bit like, "Why would we do that? <laughs> like, what, like what, what's the need for that?" But in my head with it, and the reason why I would like to see it is, you know, you can't get half of the sit-on ride-ons through the average UK gate. Whereas, you know, something like a 32-inch stander, you can get through quite a lot of gates. So it's going to still be a higher speed, and you're still going to get the quote. And everything that a ride-on does, you know, a ride-on or a stand-on does, but you can still be the battery version of it. Um, Like we were saying at the time, there's no reason why it, physically like technically couldn't be made be done. but yeah. it's maybe just there's there's main about three others that would maybe like to see it it's, pro- it's probably the main problem there <laughs> quite I think, honestly i think it goes back to finish i mean i would like that zero turn um yeah. you're saying you've got you've got some 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 customers that you could easily whack that on yeah so have i i've got i've, I've got a, a three days worth of jobs where i could use that zero turn but I'm not going to be able to leave as nice a finish yeah. because most, most of my clients want a stripe. I went and looked at a job today and he sort of said to me, oh, the reason why I've chosen you is because I looked at your Instagram and I saw the stripes. Right. And that was already, he hasn't even met me before, but he's, he's, he's going on that. That alone. He's going on that, 
that alone and I, I, I just I don't know this goes back to robotic mowers as well most of them just cut the grass and leave the shavings on the lawn mm-hmm. and you're never going to get a stripe off that no no so it's like a carpet isn't it on. the carpet look yeah it's just like a little carpet yeah and it's although it's very good for the lawn even your the grass cutting sitting on top a lot of customers just want to look out their window and see some form of stripe yeah that's 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 where they're sort of they i think they're getting their luxury uh i can justify paying this amount of money because it looks like that not well, that's it gardens have been to play and cut it you know it's curl appeal we've got customers that say to us oh can by the way the, i know it's a council's job and it's going to come out of my time but can you stripe up the the, the grass verge at the front you know when you come on the bend and you see a a, a grass verge with a a nice stripe on it it just automatically thinks you just you just think you know these people care about their their house and it's front of house really isn't it yeah yeah definitely it's front front of house house. yeah so i think um the zero turn and the idea that you've have of of having a battery sort of stand on or ride on mower with us i'd love one but trying to sort of say that say to the customers oh by the way i'm coming in with a ride on now so yeah put a stripe down anymore a lot of them are going to say oh yeah why what what like what's wrong with what we're yeah. doing yeah yeah what's wrong with what we're doing yeah so it's very difficult and uh yeah what makes yeah. me wonder like could it be added as well though like or or would it just be you're just going too much to be a... him i asked him if 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 the rear roller's coming for it and he just sort of said yeah we've we've got the technology to make rear rollers for our mowers that just slip onto the rear axle so yeah if we get enough, I think what they what they're trying to do. It's only been out for what a couple of months now in the UK. I think yeah. they're just testing the ground to see how many people are actually going to buy it. Yeah. Um, which, depressingly, I don't think a lot of people will. Yeah. I think I think more more councils again or groundskeepers who have just keep it in their shed and bring it out every so often because you got to remember it's 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 the runtime still not really that great i mean you mentioned yeah. your last podcast it, it does two two and a half acres if you're mulching but if you want to bag it up which the majority of us type gardeners are going to want to do it drops down to an acre big jump eh? it's a massive jump like it so I, I don't know i i think it's early days yet for that and uh it's very difficult for them obviously to start bringing out a ride on with a roller kit. Yeah. And they don't really know if the ride-on's going to sell. Never mind the accessory, eh? Never mind the accessory, yeah. They've obviously, they've they've taken a chance with the with the, with the mower, probably because it's on a smaller scale. It probably only costs them about, I don't know, six quid to make that roller, if that. Yeah. And they can sell it on for, for X amount of money and make profit from it. But if yeah. I make this huge, what is it, a 42-inch or whatever yeah. it is, bar, you know, and and it's it's difficult to get the roller on the mower. You have to lift it on its side. And yeah. I'll explain to you um, that it's very easy doing that with the mower. A lot of it, having bolts on the roller puts a lot of people off buying it, but it's really easy. You turn the mower on its side, whack the height adjustment up all the way, slip the mower on, turn the mower back on its side. You can't do that with a zero turn. <laughs> yeah, and I almost I can't. On. So I think it's very difficult. I can't remember. Does does it have a turbo? On the yeah, on it the does, it does it does have a tow bar. So obviously that's that's a that's a good way of you know yeah you know, uh, 
a roller on, but I think then you're going to be worried. You've got this nice nimble machine that that, that it <laughs> says it in its name. It's a zero turn. Yeah. So adding rollers on the back, it's not a zero turn. Mm-hmm. You've got to look behind you and think, oh crap, I've gone off the bloody edge. <laughs> you know I mean? The rear roller, then it's on the curb. Yeah, creating sparks. Yeah, creating sparks. Yeah, the metal. It's going to be a, a two-turn margin. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. I suppose that there's a lot of moving parts to that sort of thing, isn't it? But I mean, that's why they should send us both one, and we can just uh, test it. Right, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if you're listening. Yeah, but there's uh there's there's plenty of space in Mun and Sam's van if you're. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely. But um, no, that that is part of, part of the case with it, and I think as well. I mean, we're not speaking specifically about the Z6 the whole time here, but you know, the other hard part with it is when you put it up four thousand three hundred, I think it is roughly for the Z6. You're looking at another few grand if you want to fill all the batteries up with the, with the max power, and then. Yeah. Taking you around about seven, seven and a bit grand, but I was speaking in, to one of the lads last week, and he uses a John Deere zero turn Z five four five R, I think it is, and right. so it's a semi commercial. It's got the roll bar on it, all this sort of stuff. He only mulches his lawns, but he's got the bagger kit for it as well, and mm-hmm. that was just over seven grand, you know. And, and when you think of John Deere, you automatically think of like everything from truck does downwards, you know what I mean? So, you know, it, you, you're competing at a, at a, at a hard level at a commercial point, you know, I see a lot more interest for the Z6 for people that may only have, you know, lawns under three acres and they can make it work. But, you know, at a commercial point of view, you know, it's a lot easier to stick a, a tank of fuel, like a, like a jerry can, you know, in a, in a trailer behind you or, bloody between your feet if you really wanted to you know what I mean so that you know that you're going to be able to do 10 acres 20 acres and not have to go charge up for a few hours so um, yeah it's it's a hard point to make yeah. but you know my, my point still stands on, on the stand on I, I would love to see it just to see what I think you could make them look really nimble really good and at the right price point um, because you you need you know it's a smaller uh, what, what would they call it uh, like footprint, yeah, smaller footprint. You know, hopefully the cost would be down a little bit more, and um, you wouldn't hopefully need it to be able to do up to the three acres. If it's a mulch only machine, make it do two acres, make it do one acre, and you could still cover so many lawns. You know, I'm talking about your your 300 meter square lawns, your 400 meter squared. That are, you know they take you maybe an hour, hour and a half walking with a mower, but. On something like that, it could eat through that time and cut it in half, you know. So yeah, definitely. I think there would be a place, but it's just that's, the demand. That zero turn to charge it, you've got to use a different plug, which it's like a you know what like uh, electric cars have. It's like a yes, like a, a barcode scanner kind of type connector. Yeah, you've yeah. Got to use one of them. So to be able to charge, I mean, it's got six batteries, so you don't want to keep swapping six batteries out of your rapid charger that only charges one at a time. So to be able to, to charge all these batteries up on their fully on their own, you, you need to have that sort of adapter. So you've got to take the zero turn out of the van, reverse it up to a sort of garage. Yeah. That you've got, that you've got to have all this space for it. It's very, very. A few moving few parts, isn't there actually, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, so if, if you've got a, a stand on, like you say, you can just, instead of having, six batteries you can maybe it can run on three yeah you know, 
where you don't actually have to keep taking it out of the van to charge it. You can just charge three batteries, whack them in the, the, the stand on mower. Yeah. And still cover a lot of area. You know, or even probably more, you could probably, you could probably get into more gardens with, with tighter access than you can with a, a massive rod on mower, you know? So yeah, I, I personally think your idea probably works better for this country than, than what the Z6 does. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? it, it is there enough demand for it to? Yeah. Especially when you manufacture especially when you see most of the, the stand on ons actually being used are those in the commercial range, aren't they? Like they all get used yeah. more in like cemeteries and, um, you know, by councils on, on nimble areas. So, um, yeah, so it, it, it's a double, double edged sword. It, it's almost just wishing for, you know, it'd just be nice if you're available to all the kit and if it was all affordable, but I suppose you just got to, You've got to make your own. And it's the same with any kit. And I know we're talking heavily here on zero turns and stuff, but it's down to the hedge trimmers. Like, it's down to the smaller appliances. It needs to be able to fit what what you need it for, you know, and it needs to be at a price yeah. point where you can use it. So you've still got to be selective of the products that you take in and, and all the rest of it. And I, I don't think it's a, it's not a... You don't have the luxury of having absolutely everything. There's got to be you know, sacrifices somewhere. Unless you're, like I say, big in the commercial game and you're, you're turning over 500 grand a year and it leaves you 100 grand a profit to to put on. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, then, you know, the world's your oyster, I'm sure. But, um, you know, for the little old us, you need to be selective. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a point for people to realise is, and I think we've covered a lot of it today, is there's so many bits of kit out there. There's some that you might not be thinking of currently in the things like the combi that you might not currently use that could save you space, save you time, um, that you should just be looking into. And hopefully, I mean, what I would like from this is if if one person could come away from listening to the podcast and go, you know what, I was going to go for this or I've been struggling for the last two seasons with this, I'm going to actually think into doing this now, then, yeah. you know, then, then it's completely worth it because, you know, anything anything that can help anyone at all, you know, whatever it might be, even the price points of things with that. How do you, is there a certain way you go by handling? Cause the equipment obviously comes at such a price, whether it's battery fuel, uh, even a rake, you can spend 50 quid on, you know what I mean? For Pete's sake. So, um, is there any way that you go by keeping, whether it's a percentage buy or whether it's a, a, a limit on the funds to go into breakages, new equipment, that sort of thing is, is there a way that you sort of manage that not really i mean we've got to a standard now where we've pretty much well luckily we've got to a place where we can sort of we've got most of the stuff um it's, it's pretty easy to say that but we've done that by just buying a little bit at a time when when we thought that we we've got you know a specific job that needs doing that we can invest in that and buy that machine for yeah we've done it so we we haven't gone out there and i mean a lot of people who 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 are interested in transversing from petrol over to batteries sort of they get this huge idea in their head that they need to buy 100 batteries and then they need to buy a trimmer a head trimmer blower mower i think the best the best thing to do is just buy like us at the at the time we thought we could get away with using the trimmer so yeah. we bought a trimmer bought a battery most of it comes as a kit anyway so you get the battery and a charger yeah. Which is basically your 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 um your fuel source mm-hmm. for X amount of time. You don't need to buy that again. Um 
after that, all you've got to do is buy the, the bare machine or obviously if you do need to buy more batteries for the runtime, then obviously you do that in the future. But I think just investing bit by bit um, yeah. is how we've gone by. And, you know, you're getting two pieces of machinery even a year. And, you know, three years down the line, you've got six pieces of machinery with six batteries. That's probably all you're going to need, you know, yeah. a shimmer, head shimmer, a blower. Um, that's already three. Yeah. You know, a mower, that's four. Well, what, I mean, what else are you going to really have to branch off for? Shimmer. What, what, yeah, what else have you, are you actually going to have to do when you think about what you actually use day to day? It is only realistically, uh, you know, a blower, mower, shimmer, head shimmer. What, covers a lot of jobs, though, doesn't it? Let, it covers let's be a lot honest. of jobs, yeah. So I think when people think, oh, Christ, I'm going to have to buy all this machinery now, if they actually take a look at what they've got already, you know, it's not a so lot. much. To, no, and I mean, for example, for I mean, my, I mean, I know you're, you're saying there. How many you got? Was it fifteen batteries? You said seventeen. Well, oh, uh, I, I think we probably got about sixteen ego batteries. And that's just ego, and then you, you've got that. a fair whack of husky as well, don't you? Yeah, uh, seven. I think we've got seven husky batteries, but we've stopped buying. We've we've genuinely stopped buying husky batteries and husky tools. So if not because yeah. we don't like them just because we've got all of that stuff now and we there's nothing else that they offer. Yeah, that, that would have to bring you back so, across to sort of... It would have oh, to bring us back, yeah. It's that, that, difficult. And, and the chances are, there. sorry, the ch- the chances are with it is yeah. that if if one company brings out one thing, you know, everyone's going to kind of be on the... They're going to be able to see the similar thing. It's not going to be kept as a huge secret and, you know, everyone's probably going to bring something around out around about the same year or if not six months afterwards, you know what I mean? So you know, if they all of a sudden brought out yeah. a, let's just say a battery area, uh, dare I say, then I'm sure other brands that are competing are going to kind of follow up with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. But I mean, if you've got the batteries there, like for instance, you just said, if, if Hasvana down the line, bring out a, a battery area, you know, it's, it's, I don't need to buy the battery. I don't need to buy the charger because we've already got that. I just need to buy that air unit, which is definitely going to be a lot cheaper than the kit. So having batteries here now, you know, in the future can sort of, we can invest in that machinery again. And it's like having a constant engine. Yeah. The battery, you, you know, you don't, you've got it. That's it. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah. So, and let, let's face it, I don't, I don't think there could ever come a point where they would, they would change, you know, what it takes. You know, there might be, they might do it in the way of like, there's a bat- backpack battery and that's, the, the, for anyone that doesn't know, there's like a plug, there's like an adaption plug that goes, I don't know how, how I would explain it. it. You know, it's just basically a different plug end and then that plugs it's into it. And it yeah, yeah. It, it plugs into a dummy battery that then feeds through. So, it can only ever really go to that because they can't say, look, you've supported us for 10 years. You've now got, mm-hmm. you know, 15 batteries, 20 batteries, whatever it might be. All of a sudden you can't use them now. You know, you need this battery. You know, it's not like an iPhone charger where it's 20, 30 quid or whatnot. Yeah, you've got to get, you've got to get a whole new different cable. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I just bought out a 12-amp battery. And yeah. I, you must have noticed that, that, that their mowers... Um, all the other tools, you sort of slip the battery on the bottom. It doesn't really matter how big the battery gets. The way it's going to fit. 
yeah. the mower has got like a cavity, a certain size cavity in it. Right. And the 10 amp battery is the biggest that you can possibly go to fit in there. Yeah. Okay. And they've just bought out a, and they've just put out a 12 amp battery. And uh, I got a bit worried at, at the press day and sort of said, hold on a minute, this isn't going to fit. And what they basically said is, no, it's the same size as a 10 amp battery. So it will still fit in your mower, but it's just got two amp worth of more power in it. Okay. So, number one, they've they've kept, you know, they've kept, they've stayed loyal. They're not making a, a new battery that doesn't fit in your existing machines anymore. And number two, they're, they're improving their run times and still keeping the same size. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. A really promising, you know, it's a promising stand to, to think that they're not sort of, like you just said, oh, thanks for thanks for your support for the past four years, but unfortunately we bought out a battery now. It doesn't fit. Yeah. Uh, tool. It's still open to use. The, the only place I've actually seen it actually is, um, I, I've still got a domestic strimmer, the first strimmer I ever bought um, for the company. I've been trying to sell it for the past year. So if anyone wants to buy... A Husqvarna 115IL um, battery strimmer. Oh, okay. Fantastic is bit of kit. One, is it the what, sorry? Is it, is it the bench shaft one? Has it got a bench shaft on it? No. Curved shaft. So it's, it's, it's a straight shaft, but it's telescopic. Okay. I used to love it. Right, because it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it goes from like, I mean, I don't know the exact length, but like two and a bit meters, whatever it is. And then it basically cuts that size in half. So in old days, it's done a little flick switch. I'm, I'm blowing smoke at it now, but you know, all you do is you flick it, push it down it's half the size and then that used to just fit perfectly with ways if i wanted it to um in the back of the boot <laughs> when i was going around yeah. in, my, in my mazda so you know for anyone that's also size um space restricted it, it was fantastic um mm-hmm. the only reason why i sold it is because I, I then got the combi 325 ilk and you know that that's a fantastic machine you know i love that machine but um yeah that's the only reason why i'm selling it it's still in good order, but anyway, it's been in the shed for ages. Uh, and that, because it's a domestic model, normally comes with a BLI 10 and 20. I think you can get a 30 in there as well. I mean, you definitely can. But they're like the orange-based batteries. Yeah, the orange ones, the, yeah. The only thing with that, sort of... because it's a domestic machine, as in the, the body of it, you can fill, you can fit all the way up to BLI 200 in it, but you can't fit a BLI 300 in it. It doesn't fit. Right. So, and that's down to, it physically fits, but the, the housing on the domestic ones, it's, it's solid at the, the bottom end, you know? Okay. So it's, it's kind of like a soup yeah, bowl, I know. you know? So it's got, it's got yeah. a floor to it. So the, the bigger batteries, like the 300 can't go far enough down. Um, yeah. And hit the terminals. So what we're, what I've actually just done is just mugged off Husky. Cause we're like, it's good that ego doesn't do it, blah, blah, blah. And then I've just remembered Husky did do that when they bring out obviously <laughs> the the more powerful yeah. 300 battery. But um, yeah, so th- there is some cases where that does still happen, but um, more or less what? across the board. Hmm? Yeah, more across the board, they they sort of stick in and hopefully you stay loyal. But what I was going to say is, what what do you think of? Because we've got the same model, the the three two five ILK combi. That's yeah. they've only classed that as a uh, a semi commercial. Being, obviously, they do the you mentioned the one series, which is their uh, domestic homeowner range. Then they've got the three series, which I think they call part time use. Yeah. Um, and then they've got the five series. Yeah. We've got the five series all across the range. 
Um, and we've even got the five series strimmer. Right. Um, but we've also got the three, two, five combi, like you just mentioned, which they don't class as a commercial. But we think, well, we, we kind of know that it's got more power than the five series. Yeah. So Do you think it's com- commercial? Yeah. yeah it, it, it really annoys me that actually, because it almost Same. puts, it almost puts you off buying it. And it was, I can't remember his name now, but he does a lot of YouTube rev- reviews over in Australia. Um, his was actually the review Kai. that it might Love be. Lawns, That's it. Yeah. He's the one. Um, yeah, so he, that tipped me over to Biner because one thing he actually said is it's classed as not a commercial range, but he was like, it performs, outperforms a lot of the stuff that they do, they do class as commercial range. And um, yeah. I think what it comes down to is it's sturdy enough, the motors there, everything about it, but it's got the the three um, power levels. In one and two, yes, I can imagine that being, um, you know, semi-pro or whatever uh, range. I always use it on battery two. I barely ever use it on battery three. But if you put it yeah. to power three, it's more powerful than the Bulldog. Uh, let me try and remember this. Five, three, five... Oh. IRK, IRS, IRX, yeah, 525 IRX. So I've got the bull, uh, like the bullhorn handle strimmer, and that is underpowered. I was annoyed by that, but I'm getting caught up here. I was annoyed by that simply because that's way more expensive, a bit more of an overhead to buy that. And I, the whole purpose I would ever personally use something that's got the handles like that is if I was going to be on the machine for either a long time or I was dealing with a very overgrown area. And yeah. it pains me that the the combi is actually, it could do the job better if it wasn't so uncomfortable to use for an hour, um, as with any D-handle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my opinion on it. It, it really, it, I, yeah, it's a shame. I actually bought it up to them at Soltex a couple of years ago. We, we bought it and I, I sort of said to the, one of the guys at Saltex Husqvarna on the stand, I said, why is this only classed as a, th- a three series? Why have you labeled this as a three series? And basically they sort of, they sort of compared it to see how you've got an Audi, you've got the S3, then you've got the RS3. Right. You bought okay. out the S3 first um, at a specific power. Um, but they know in the, in the future, they were going to bring out the RS3 with more power. So basically what they've done is they bought out, because obviously this is their first combi multi-tool machine. Yeah. Anyway, they've obviously labeled it as a three because they know that commercial people are going to buy it and homeowners are going to buy it and both be happy. Like you said, it's got three power ranges. So you stick it on one, it's good for homeowner. You stick it on three, it's good for commercial. So they obviously know that people are going to buy it. But then obviously in the pipeline, they're going to bring out a five series with more power. They're not going to rebrand it as right. as, as a, a three IL dead. They're going to yeah. do it 5-3-K. You know what I mean? A yeah, three, yeah. 5 ILK, And then that's going to be the commercial, should we say. Type right. So I think I think they've just left themselves a little bit of leeway. For when they have to want to up it. Powerful one. And you know what? Yeah, I, think- I, I would probably buy it because I've been so impressed by this one. I would probably buy yeah. it. And I reckon, unfortunately, there won't be much difference. You know, I, th- I think I'll spend 400 exactly. quid on it and then I'll go, yeah. oh, well, 
crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, well, well, why have I done this? And I bet you it's something like the, the streamer head will be different or, yeah, you know, it'll be something like that, but I reckon the working parts inside will be much, much to the same or, Strong. but, or yeah, yeah power one and two will be, will be strong, will be stronger. And then, but I'm telling yeah. you that, yeah. that the, the setting three on it, you know, I've chopped down, you know, four, four, five foot grass nearly, you know, going through like jungles with that thing. And that's, that's absolutely eating it. So, but I would say for anyone that's listening to them, yeah, yeah, very powerful. Anyone that's listening to them, two models that I mentioned there, the bullhorn one that isn't the, the very top model, there is one more above that with like a black, with a black shaft, plastic shaft. And it looks a bit more cooler. Um, But the one that I use, it's probably around power setting two if you do on the combi. So, Good bit of kit, and don't get me wrong, I still use it on all my larger areas just because, you know, the comfort of using it. But um, yeah, the the power should be should be way, but more on the on that one, especially being a dedicated strummer, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I th- I do think it was about three sixty as well. So you know, a good few hundred quid. I think what you mentioned there as well. I think that black isn't it carbon fiber. The black shaft is it carbon fiber? I don't think it is actually. I know. I know. Ego do a. They do a carbon fiber one, don't they? They do a carbon. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see more carbon fiber. Definitely, more lightweight, and uh, it looks nicer. Like you said, the, the black one looks cooler, doesn't it? It looks uh, more yeah. cleaner and. Yeah, as long as they get the balance right, then mm-hmm. I really, especially on something like a hedge trimmer, where a lot of the time it's you know, shoulder height or or higher, um, you know make it as light as possible. You don't need that balance in it, yeah. but you, you're holding it with two hands regardless. When you're doing the lower stuff, you're only there for a second before you're above your head. Um, yeah. yeah. So definitely something like, definitely the hedge trimmers across the board, if they could make them, and I mean, they're already light. Don't get me wrong. I'm not asking for the world here. I know they're so much more lighter than what the the two-stroke variants are, but um, if they're ever going to make, any, like do a big push for anything to be lighter, then it would be that because Moors, I wouldn't want them to drop, you know, under 25 kilogram, whatever they're currently sat at. Um, I, I would still like a bit of weight to the moor. Um, yeah. Pull saws, pretty happy for them to be heavier. Uh, what else we got across the range there? Strimmers, they're at a pretty nifty weight, especially if you've got the harness on, you know, it, it's off the arms anyway. But yeah, trimmers for me would be would be the big one. And I think that's a, probably a lot of things a big thing there that people don't realize that don't do hedge trimming and you can be the, you know, the strongest guy out there, but you do get a good bit of fatigue when you're doing it for, you know, 10 hours straight and oh, like you're, you, you're the only man on the job, you know, it's, it, it doesn't, I don't think there's any, any day full of hedge trimming, like, you know, day blocks of hedge trimming that I've done where I haven't walked out like that evening and got back to the house and been like, I am absolutely knackered, you know, knackered. It, yeah. Between that and pulling all the brush off, you know, it, it's, it's a fair bit of work, like doing the hedge trimming. But again, something that trimming, is good. I think hedge trimmers are definitely uh, need to be well balanced. We've got, mm-hmm. we went from using the steel, they're called Formix engines, the hedge, the long reach hedge trimmers. So they're basically a, they're basically a four stroke sound. Okay, right. They've, it's, it's called a Formix engine. It's quite a big block, but you still mix the fuel in with the petrol so it's basically a two stroke four stroke kind of machine but it's got the weight of a four stroke they're really heavy All right. and after after using them it's just an absolute nightmare so going to a battery long reach that's 
half the weight you know and psychologically when you can hear an engine firing behind you constantly for two hours it makes you think that you're that you're it's heavy it's weird you know so yeah i think the the hedge trimmers definitely need to be the most well-balanced machine is it stuff. is there anything you miss obviously you you went a good number of years using fuel is there anything that you know you wish was still there with it you know or something that you would 100 percent go back to if a certain job that you know popped up and you'd go, you know what, I'll, I'll dust off the, the fuel machinery for this. Um, Apart from sort of runtime. Difficult question. Difficult question. Probably, I don't, I don't know, maybe the, we used to use a, a type of mower called a Honda Izzy. Yeah. If you've, you're familiar with it, but it's just, we used to completely abuse it. Um, <laughs> if we have like a, we absolutely used to completely abuse it. You know, we never used to sharpen <laughs> the blades on it for years. You know what I mean? And it was yeah, a yeah. machine where you look at an area and you think, Christ, I've got to really get this one down fast. We just put the Honda Izzy over it. Yeah. And uh, now we can't really do that as much, or if anything, we can't really do it at all now. I mean, we, we've mainly just used the Ego. Yeah. Uh, and just take the rear roller off. But we kept, the, the Ego has the power to do it, but we've then got to use that same blade to cut margaret's lawn down the road <laughs> yeah we want to be doing so and i'm not going to keep a, a honda izzy petrol mower on the van just in case one of those jobs comes along yeah that's probably one of the one of the the the, the, the petrol tools that we do miss a honda izzy yeah just fire it up and just wing it along you know? just go for it see that in in just exactly that point you said there with it is is that and that's why the next mower i get hopefully battery is, it has to be up to that because I, I was seeing you before this chat and I haven't put it out on social yet. When I was doing a job not long ago, the bag split on the Husqvarna mower I use. And so it's it's kind of, it's US for now, you know. I, I can't go cutting loads of lawns, firing grass out the back. Um, but on any, I then had a job not long afterwards where I was like, I could really do with just running over this area, you know, that was full of sticks and everything. And like, you know, it just kind of mulched up a little bit and just, you know, blew it off and the only more I had left was the wee bang the two things with it is one it's got the roller on it it's not best of bagging at the best of times like when it's damp and so the last thing I wanted to do was to try and mulch everything with a wee bang and you know chip the blade and all this sort of stuff when it's yeah, my yeah, yeah. you know I bought it for being the you fine finish yeah, yeah the stripes everything else so you know you almost I think need that as something that you can just Go go over roughly, yeah, yeah. Abuse a little bit and just put through its paces. Um, yeah. So I do imagine that being one. The only other thing that I currently use that still feel apart from Moors is I have a still MS something, and it is chainsaw. No, it's a um, it's a rotavator. It's a combi. Um, I know the you. I know the one. You know, I yeah, don't, yeah. don't know how you'd actually describe the body of it, but it's got the power brush on it. The rotavator know, scarifier, yeah. you know, it's all them sort of jobs, and that's the combi part of it. And uh, that is fantastic. You know what I mean? They're all sort of jobs where you, you know, you're really trying to clean up areas and kind of put a lot of power through it. But I have seen. I know you are a big. Um, we had a conversation years ago about your rotavator attachment, your tiller attachment, and you were saying it was yeah. fantastic for garden beds. Um, so I suppose you're pretty there. 
in, in that respect on on the smaller scale. But the sort of heavier power brushes and the heavier sort of tillers depend on what area you're doing. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're quite there for, for moving them across, yeah. but that's the only one that I can really think of of using because chainsaws, I think, are there as well. I was also really surprised by um, yeah. uh, Fully Charged Gardener. He pushed out... Um, he went to the still press there and they've mm-hmm. released an absolute enormous battery chainsaw that looks like it's definitely by far, I reckon the most powerful battery chainsaw on the market. Um, if you haven't seen it, then like this to you personally, Mike, you should check it out. Like it's, um, you know, it looks like a great bit of kit. I know you don't do much chainsaw work, yeah. but you know, it does show that as well. Things like chainsaws where, you know, you're felling, probably bigger stuff you know and you're like yeah it's power power need need all the power what well, rightfully so um it seems like they're trying to catch up on 360 you know what i mean across every sort yeah. of part of the you know the jobs you might come across what well, again is is only a good thing i think yeah i I, th- I think so i mean there's a huge demand for chainsaws isn't there yeah in, with arborists and i've noticed a lot of a lot of them around my way now I, I changed over to battery mm-hmm. simply because I mean like you just said there I mean I don't know if 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 I, I still think that most sort of arborists would wouldn't I, I, I don't know if I was in that position I probably wouldn't be looking to convert over to a, a massive um battery chainsaw yeah um but de- definitely a top handle you know if you're up if you're up 30 40 foot up at a tree um, and you just got to sort of wing out some branches, and you're, you've got a rope attached to you. Then I, I definitely think that battery chainsaw. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to use one. You know, if, if you've got a shout out down to your foreman down on the ground, you know, I know a lot of people now use speakers in their in their headsets, but yeah, you can actually have a conversation with someone on the ground now. You know, yeah, you can see more up top than you can down below. So if you see something up top, you can sort of shout down to your man and say, look, move this or do that. Um, so I think the top handles are definitely, definitely there. Although I don't have much experience using chainsaws at all, I think I'd definitely prefer using a, a top-handled battery saw than, you know, yeah, having I, one on the ground that you just... I think that's uh, that's one thing that actually Ego mentioned as well, and the reason why... And by the way, their chainsaw is really good as well that we used on at the event. Um, Very good, yeah. They mentioned, I think, why they, they put so much of a push to it was the fact that their top handle went, you know, it got it got really popular. Yeah, so their top their, their top their top handle one uh, chainsaw is really really nice. I don't think you've seen it yet. No, you no, I've seen it, but they, it definitely wasn't there in at, in person. But Ian Bowler, the guy that drives around with his with his van, he had it. He's he's got it on his van, and basically it's a it's not a battery on board chainsaw. It's one that you've got a like your your dummy battery, it just plugs straight into a battery that's maybe on your hip. Okay, right. With a with a long cord, and right. it looks really really nice. Um, and it's sort of metal rather than plasticky. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably one of the apart from the, I don't know if you've seen Echo. Um, Echo's got a really small, tiny mini chainsaw. Okay. Chainsaw, it's the size of your fist. Right. And, uh, it's really really nice looking. I love that chainsaw. But other than that. That that ego top panel chainsaw is probably one of the nicest looking chainsaws that I've seen. But again, do you really want to be, want to be up a tree 
with a cable hanging from it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was literally only, I think it was two days ago, I literally seen a, it was like a chainsaw fail sort of thing. And what it was is when he was cutting, he had his two lines up, and one in the branch he was cutting and one on on the main trunk of the tree. And I, as he was cutting through this this branch that he was on, I think some form of willow, I think it was, over the, over the overhanging like this like lake area. And um, as he was cutting it, it, it snapped midway through before he got to it. So what happened is God. the bit that snapped pulled on the rope that he was on. You know what I mean? So, and, and you know, nothing happened. He was all right. He managed to cut it away, re- release his second line and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I, th- I think especially when you're, you know, 40, 50 foot up a tree, you know, you want minimal things going wrong as physically possible, yeah. you know? So yeah, I, I would much prefer uh, to to be able to drop, Drop the chain. I mean, I know that the tied on anyway, but I would much prefer to be able to drop it if needs be. Then, then any. And I mean, maybe that's why they do it. Actually, saying that because they do normally tether a line to it anyway. They normally have cord going to the hip to like fuel chainsaws to so they can just hang them. Maybe it's yeah. doubled up so that they can. It's safe yeah. enough that they can yeah do that anyway. I'm not too sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, really, uh, not really my kind of market. I think. I was going to say so, yeah. different kind of breed, didn't they? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, ba- battery stuff. I'm not really interested in the chainsaws. Obviously, me as a person, so I, I can't really comment on it much. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely advantage. That's across the board kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, but I'll yeah. uh, I'll, I'll stick to the uh, the trimmers, the mows, and the hedge trimmers. I think. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, there, Mike. I, I think we've. Unless there's anything else you've got to kind of cover on that on the subject of equipment, if if you can think of anything. No, I, I just think um, I'll go back to saying about maintenance again. I think something we haven't really touched on. I definitely, you know, if you're a self-employed guy and you've got a you've got all this petrol equipment and you've got to get the mowers serviced um, every year, if things go wrong with your machines. It's 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 a lot more of a you know, trying to trying to sort out a problem or identify a problem with your petrol equipment is a bit of a labyrinth. You know, you've got to go through yeah. all these trial and errors. Is it this? Is it that? You've got to spend a lot of time out of work, which is unpaid, yeah. trying to fix these machines, parts, uh, spark plugs, air filters. There's a lot of upkeep for petrol machinery. And I just think us being in that situation where we've, you know, we've got literally got to the first job, and we realised that the hedge trimmer isn't starting. Yeah. And you sort of can't identify the problem there because it takes a good hour just to sort of find out what the problem is anyway. If you've got to go home and and take it apart just to find out that there's a tiny little nip in the in the fuel pipe. Oh, I was just going to say nearly. Yeah, I was literally just going to say that. Like the yeah. only problem, the only problem when I can actually relate to you is I try to borrow a fuel one from um, from work, you know, a couple of years ago. And when I brought it home, you know, going for it, I was like, surely I'm not being this much of an idiot. And I'm the type of person that I don't know a huge, huge range about, you know, engines and, you know, fuel machinery. Mm. Um, you know, I know where the carb is and, and the filter and that's about it. Uh, but, yeah. you know, and that was it. I started pulling on it and I thought, yeah, you know, sometimes it does take a good few pulls and a choke on, choke off. Going at it for ages and I was like, what is going on here? And it wasn't till I looked at the fuel line and you, you know how it gets around that area, it gets baked after a while, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That I thought I could start to see like the the, the brighter yellow like come through the, the fuel. <laughs> line. 
And I looked and what it was is that that was exactly it. There was about 25% of it that was cut. So it just wasn't yeah. pulling anything through. And um, yeah. that was the end of that. But I mean, I spent ages lo- looking for that. And most people are probably most not people, know too much. No, that's it. I mean, we the problem had happened to a hater. I know quite a lot about petrol machinery. I've had my petrol kit out in bits, you know, so I can sort of ad- identify problems yeah. pretty fast. We had a obviously we we still from time to time use our haters, and uh, basically what they do now is that on the petrol cap they have a gasket built in, where if if the machine pulls in enough fuel it also pulls in air, okay so it can get the fuel in from the petrol tank, and basically one day we we was using the using the hater mode it just wouldn't start, and you know you start taking the car off you start taking the, the air filter off change the spark plug fuel filters you, you you spend 40 50 pound of 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 parts basically give it a mini service you spend four hours doing that so you're already you're already 150 pound down yeah with the parts you know and then you just you, you realize that you screwed the petrol cap on too tight <laughs> and the gas can't put in the air and you just think do you know what i mean it's like, like really wow, yeah if, 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 if yeah really so things like that we've never ever only once we've a head trimmer has stopped working on us a husky head trimmer and it's simply because um we we took the casing off and the wire where the safety button is on the trigger just started to wear away um, yeah and it's obviously a loose connection so we just literally put a little bit of electrical tape around it so that the, the current could pass through to the motor and you know done so was you said? one 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 time in three years now since we've been using electric stuff that we've actually had to go home and do something. Whereas we were doing, we were fixing our tools, you know, at least once a week. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a really big major advantage in storage as well. I think for, you know, I mean, we're talking more like battery versus petrol here, but it is just the equipment in general. But one thing I do love about it as well is when we came to this winter, for example, because I've got so much more battery kit this year than I do fuel, is that you literally, you know, if it is getting stored, then that's it. It's battery out. You might want to give it a clean if, if you really want to. I know I never with, yeah. with all of my kit. And, and that was it. It just got it got chucked in the shed and, and that was it. It was locked up. And with the fuel, you know, you've got to make sure you might want to give it a clean down, make sure that's all right. You might want to either drain it, you know, by, by taking the fuel line out or you might want to uh, run it dry, however you prefer to do it. But you know, you've still got to make sure that you're you're doing something, or you know. And uh, I actually forgot, but with one of my machines, I actually left about a quarter of a tank in. I thought I'd done all my machines, and I never. And uh, yeah, so when I came with this, yeah, I just thought, frig, I've I've left field for the last three months, and it's just mm. you know, it's even though when you're trying to do it, you, you sometimes still miss areas, and yeah, yeah, it never it still started up this year, but. If I'd done that every single year, you might you might have, yeah, soon have a problem. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do agree with that. that the maintenance is just is a different level between between the battery and and the the fuel in it. It adds to the argument. I think it's probably the best way to put it. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, but between them, but I'm I'm just trying to think here. Yeah, no, go on. It's, it's probably biased. Obviously, we're both. Well, I'd say yeah, we're, we're both mainly battery guys um but obviously we we started off as petrols so we've we've still got a a soft spot and a 
you know, and a respect for the petrol stuff, but just on a on a day to day use, you know, if, if someone took all my battery stuff away from me, I, I, I could still do my job. Yeah, no problem. But mm-hmm. you know, because we've invested into the battery stuff, it just makes our job more easier. It makes it more exciting, more efficient, um, less stress, and obviously with that comes a financial depreciation of the amount of money that we've had to put into doing that. So. I think you get out what you put in and when when you're using battery equipment i think it's it's i don't i, I know obviously ego got this whole um zero emission stuff that you can tell your customers that you you're saving the planet and stuff I, to be honest i don't think a lot of my customers do actually care that yeah i'm not making much noise or you know i don't go into new customers and say oh by the way i'm zero emissions or yeah I won't make any noise or, you know, I'm all hundred percent battery now that just comes with it naturally. And we've only invested in battery for ourselves. First. Yeah. I think it just, it just, yeah, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's, we're the guys that have put the money in. We want the return. Mm-hmm. So I think if you put the money in and you see that there's just a, an easier way of working and a more efficient way of working, then you'll reap the rewards in time saved and, you know, just enjoying work in general. It's, it's, yeah. it's nice using, you know, it, it is, isn't it? You, you, you turn up to a job and you can just whack a battery out. You haven't got to sit there priming. Yeah. yeah. Pressing the on button. Yeah, like, that's it. Six times, you know what I mean? Making all this noise and there's nothing worse than, well, I remember right, there's nothing worse going to a job, pulling it six, seven times. I've, I've uh, flooded it now. You've got to sit around and wait. <laughs> And I, you know, I just, I just think it's not. A, I'm not completely against petrol stuff because we still sometimes use the petrol stuff. It does come out, and we need to use it sometimes. But yeah, for day to day use, ten months out of twelve, you know, five days of the week, I just think batteries have definitely, definitely got its place. And yeah, the guys that sort of say, oh, it hasn't got power there, or I think it is just general stubbornness, and I think you just got to get over that line and just maybe invest in one one piece of machinery, one battery, one charger that you know that you can use and just go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And you know what? F- fuel is, a, is evil as well, uh, simply because it cost me 200 quid. And um, I've said this before, like like when I, I was using my battery, uh, my uh, fuel blower, and uh, I was using the battery strimmer and a fuel blower. And I'd done a, I was, uh, strimming down and then I was blown off the, the pavements well there was two parts of the garden and I finished blowing everything off put down the the uh, blower and then I thought oh I need to do a battery change so I done a battery change I was like right I haven't got the other battery so I put it down at the back end next to the exhaust didn't I like a dipstick and um, yeah you can imagine walked away to the van got the other battery loaded it in the strimmer and I, th- I thought right I'll just do the other bit of the garden while that's still tickling away because you know, otherwise you got to turn it off, put it back on, pull the cord a couple of times. Um, well, don't get me wrong; takes all of five seconds after it's already been running. So I just left it running. Came back after five ten minutes of strimming, and uh, came over to my BLI two hundred. You know, two hundred ten twenty quid, whatever it cost me, melted. <laughs> so I, I've yeah, kept like Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, that's it, mate. That's it. So it's still. Um, I've kept it in the shed. Um, it still works. It's still on four bars of charge after all this time. 
and uh, it's going strong yeah. in the shed. So I'm going to keep that because when I finally get an office, it's going to go on a shelf behind me. So when I do vlogs <laughs> in, it, yeah, that's it, mate. So when I do vlogs in, like when the podcast comes online and we do it like face to face kind of thing, you know, I'll, I'll have some nifty bits of kit behind me. But it's, uh, you know, but seriously, there's that option to it as well. It's the fumes coming out. It's the heat, the heat factor from it as well. You know, if you've got, you know, you put down your blower. What? Don't get me wrong. This would be your fault. But then the, there's kids that run out to the car and they go, oh, that looks cool. And they pick it up at the wrong yeah. place. And, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's all it's all um, part of the problem. Whereas, you know, same as leaving your fuel kit in the in the shed, you know, what happens if your kids grow up and, I don't know, jump a bit of machinery by mistake or get it going and they hurt themselves? A battery, as soon as you take that battery out, there's not a chance in, you know, heaven and earth that it's, it's going to get going again. So, you know, even, as, even with the mowers... Mm-hmm. When it, when the battery's in the mowers, Sam, you, there's there's a little tiny little key that you have to have in there. Yeah. So if you haven't got this key, it won't start. Okay. It's it, it pretty, pretty good for security as well, you know. Every time you leave the van, just take the key out. Yeah. Send your key ring. You know, straight in. It's basically like a spark plug for a mower. It won't it won't it won't start without it. Oh, is this on the ego? Yeah. Is it? That's on the ego. Yeah. It's like a um in where the battery is. It's like a it's like a a two point plug. Tiny okay. little thing. It's just made of plastic with two little metal rods in, but right. you wouldn't be able to make one. But okay, place, you know what I mean. It has to be. So just a good, another good thing for security and safety, really. If you've got this, you know, even if you've got a battery in your mower stored away in your shed, and and you, you, your child goes out into the into the garage and presses the wrong button, and or lo and behold, you know, the worst comes to the worst, something happens, and you just take the key out. Obviously, every time you use after you've used it, it won't start. Yeah. So it's pretty, 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 uh, pretty safe. Yeah, I think that's it as well. I mean, and that that kind of comes down to the users using equipment as well as, I mean, and that's one thing we haven't actually talked on tonight. Well, I don't think we're going to really have time to too much, but it, it's almost not just all having the equipment. We've talked so much about having it, how much it costs, you know, the usability, the performance, um, and the differences between battery and fuel. But we haven't actually talked much upon um, on 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 that factor of uh, mine's just went blank there. Uh, the the factor of uh, what were you saying there with the uh, after with the battery? Oh yeah, the safety of it. So actually, people, yeah, yeah. God, I, I'm chattering away to myself too much. Um, yeah, with the whole safety systems of it and actually being uh, like completely clued up on using bits of equipment. I know for quite. A lot of commercial guys, you need you have even tickets with brush cutters and you know all this sort of stuff. So yeah. the whole safety side that does come within each bit of equipment, and considering you can buy a lot of these, and you know a lot of them, I, I guarantee, are stored at home locations, you know, in sheds where other people can be in the other. You know, the, there's a big factor to all that. You know, the the process of yeah. not only using but storing correctly and and all that. No one really, you're not forced. I think is what I'm getting to on how to use them and on what guidelines to stick by. There's a little sticker that says, you know, put some glasses on and have some yellow fence yeah. in. Uh, and that's your warning, you know what I mean? Not not saying that anyone needs to. I'm not saying, you know, anyone's an idiot out there and doesn't know how to use it safely, but there's that whole side to it, you know what I mean, with using equipment yeah. that I think is pr- pretty big, especially like chippers and that, and like stuff that you can – how many times have you heard of people sticking their leg in a chipper or – you know, their arm too far down the shoot or something. Um, yeah. You know, it's another big factor of machinery and probably also 
how things like that, like uh, complacency within your job, how much it can affect not only your financial situation, but the business as a whole through the equipment, you know? Um, So it's a big one as well, I think. But yeah, I think for tonight, that's all we've got time for. Um, I hope you enjoyed that, Mike. That's the first, obviously, open forum. We can can talk all day about this kind of stuff, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Over a meal at the the press day, it was a... You know, trying to we were both trying to get our word in, and it just went for hours. <laughs> it did, yeah. No, I, I really enjoy it, mate. I really enjoy chatting with you about this kind of stuff. So, no, nice well, to have free reign as well, you know. So, well, that's it. I mean, and that's the whole the whole point of this. And I, I don't know how often it's going to happen on the podcast, but it's just a fact of sometimes the subjects are too big for what you can actually fit in. You end up just like mm-hmm. getting stuck in a corner of talking about, you know, just just one area of something. So by having these three or forums where we can talk up to a few hours or whatnot, it gives you the rain to sort of, not both only just get your point across, but just to be able to talk about everything from your experiences to usages to ideas to, to whatever it might be. So hopefully when we do these open forums and if you'd uh, kindly come back on again at some point, you know, there's so many topics we can cover. And for those that want to do the, like the longer content and the, you know, the working for, half a day on a site and they don't want to have to jump through different 30 minute podcasts or one hour interviews. Yeah. You know, this is that slightly longer where you can just not worry and just hopefully take in some decent information. That's it. I mean, it's, it must be quite refreshing for people to sort of just sit here and I've done it with your podcast myself, you know, sit yeah. here at work and just listen and learn. I've learned off yours, you know, I'm sure other people will learn off yours and hopefully you might take something from this as well. So yeah, quite refreshing, and uh, yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it, mate. And no, no, love to love to come back. Happy days, mate. That's what it's about getting the returns in. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you very much for joining us tonight, then. And uh, I honestly hope you enjoy the rest of your evening, bud. And um, going from there, that next time we get back on, we'll maybe ask some of the listeners what they would now that they've heard a couple with us, what they would maybe like to hear specifically, and we'll maybe go off what what the actual listeners are kind of. Itching to hear sort of thing, you know. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. Got, right. Well, you got take. To to, got to oh. listen to what the customers want, Asan. Eh, That's it, mate. Keep everyone happy. It's got to be the way. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you for joining us tonight on this podcast, mate. And My pleasure, mate. You take care. You too, Sam. Thanks for having me. Ta-ra. So, everyone, that is this wrapped up this week's podcast. This one has been myself and Mike, as we just quickly spoke about there about all things to do with equipment, hopefully. And I'm, I'm sure even with this longer forum, there's been loads of things that we've maybe missed off or things that you're still hoping that we'd maybe touch on. So if you do, then feel free, uh, please feel free to to get in touch and let us know. And, you know, we can work it in other podcasts. What I would say with that is obviously Mike's a big user of all the ego stuff. And he's because so much of what he's got, like he says, he's got most of all the tools. Um, if you are interested in any of them items, then, you know, give Mike a message because, you'll be able to advise you best on what products to get, you know, where he buys them from best prices, all that sort of stuff. So send Mike a message and uh, I'm sure he could probably help you get some equipment for probably the cheaper price, but no, thanks for joining us tonight. This one was episode 43 on all things equipment. We'll see you next week.